Mr. Tyler Forbes, ladies and gentlemen. This guy. Now, Tyler, um, we met when I was, what, in your backyard slash yes. patio in your little casita. hut. Yes. Your casita. The breathing. We'll call it the casita. It's a, it's a lower version of the casita. <laughs> uh, you, it's, it's between a shed and, yeah. a, and a casita. I was going to say, a.k.a. <laughs> shed. <laughs> That doesn't sound so well. No, it doesn't. Where are we going <laughs> with this cool one? <clears throat> where, no idea. Yeah, where are we going with this one? So this shed, by the way, and, and Tyler Forbes, by the way, has uh, been a chiropractor for, what, 20 years? Yep. 20 years chiropractor in Encinitas, right? Uh, no, it's actually in Sorrento Valley. Sorrento Valley. Back What's, in motion. Back in motion. Back in Love motion, chiropractor okay. rehab. 20 years. You live in Encinitas. I live in Solana Beach. Solana Beach. Yep close to north county hey just, just hey, put them together hey hey, hey, no. hey, hey. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was such a thing close enough all right exactly and so the reason i met him in a shack uh down by the river or no was it a was it a bus <laughs> it was a van a van <laughs> it was better than the van yeah was because uh i got invited by uh a, an amazing friend of ours uh um tatiana labelle mm-hmm. So, J.D., you got to come try this thing out. I just tried this thing called Wim Hof Breathing Workshop. And I'm like, what is that? And she's like, I'm just telling you, it's insane. It's like a breathing workshop, and you get into a – And actually, actually, now that I realize it, she didn't even tell me about the cold plunge nice. until I think I got there. Like, I don't <laughs> – I love it. Right? <laughs> so bring a pair of shorts. Yeah. She, that's right. She said, bring for? a bathing suit. I'm like, for what? She goes, well, you get, you know, you get into a bath afterwards. I'm like, what kind of bath? I don't, I actually don't think she told me it was going to be, was it 39 degrees? Yeah. 40. So Wim Hof breathing, if, if you're watching this and this is, I, I could not wait to have Tyler on because this guy, his passion for health and wellness and the way that he talks is, I don't think this could be a more relevant topic these days, this day and age right now with everything that's going on with the scaring and the people are frightened of their, their health, their wellness. Where do we go from here? So I want to, I, I said, you're coming in right now. Let's get you in here fast because people need some insight and some inspiration on what to do. Sure. Anyway, the point is Wim Hof breathing is a, is a type of, let's do this. Give me a quick description of Wim Hof. Quick description, what we're going to do then, as we always do with this with this platform, this podcast, Real Deal Talk, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, in case you forgot who you're listening to, um, is we're then going to go back a little bit to get some context, find out a little bit about Tyler, his background. So, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody can be inspired. They can identify with where he's been, what he's been through, and how he got to this day and age. But we're definitely going to come back and hit home on the Wim Hof breathing thing. So do me a favor. Give me a sum up of Wim Hof breathing workshop of what you do basically so because he now has an actual by the way we met in the shed he was practicing with people what how many people come in a week through their through your we had uh we had like three four classes a week a week but it was small group right, right. in his head we literally walk into his house yeah. into his living room <laughs> we'd pee on a ph stick in your bathroom <laughs> That's right. to touch our p to test our ph yeah. right because yeah. because and I'm going to let him talk about this, how the only thing that's actually scientifically proven to turn your blood to an alkaline level is oxygen. Yep. Right? And we're going to get more into that because a lot of people think, oh, uh, you know, organic or whatever, alkaline water, blah, 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 blah. Supplements, food. Yeah, supplement stuff, foods, yeah. all that stuff. So anyway, we go, we go into his li- literally his living room. We do the breathing thing. and uh, But now he has an actual bi- a brick-and-mortar business, the first of its kind. In, is it first of kind in San Diego? Oh, it's the first of the kind, I believe, to be in the world. In the world. First of a brick-and-mortar Wim Hof breathing workshop slash st- wellness studio because you yep. do more than that. Yep. Got the inf- so give me a quick sum up of what you uh, – what you guys do up there 
So yeah. it's a studio we, we proved out through our beta process at yep. my house. So really, the, the, the house was just to sort of prove out the idea that people wanted or were willing to actually do the breathing. We wanted to really, in essence, validate the process uh, in terms of the experience that you have. And uh, so when you came, we were actually just polling people. Mm. You came because Tatiana brought you. Yep. Um, Bernard, right? Yep, Bernard, yeah. Um, and so they Her husband, Bernard you, LaBelle, exactly. owner of California Sock Company. That's a little plug. Go ahead. Such really cool people. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Um, so um, we, we wanted to, we had this idea. It was kind of, kind of a field, right? We were wondering if we were going to cut the corn down and actually build the field, but we wanted to actually get an idea as to whether or not it would stick like with people. Yep. So there was a little link that people would send around. It was like a speakeasy. Yeah. Um, and so we invited 10 people to come to take a class. And then the only thing we asked them to do is we didn't tell them to come back. We didn't tell them to tell anyone. I never told anyone to tell other people yep. um, was to see if they would actually pass the link around and we got them to fill out a survey. Like, what did you think about your experience? How was the instructor? How was the music? You know, uh, what do you think about the cold? And then, and then a comment box. And so we, it was a very simple questionnaire and we just wanted to get an understanding if we were going the right direction. Yep. And so through that, through sending out those links, we found that people were autonomously sort of passing this link around. So I'd get four random people every night that we held a class yep. to come over right. just out of yeah. nowhere and uh, never met them before they show up to some guy's house like yeah. you said yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. kind of random right yeah, like we totally. show up at 8 30 totally. at night uh you know someone's asking me to this guy's asking me to pee on a stick he's telling me about breathing and i take him into the casita breathe and then go into cold plunge i mean there's a big level of resistance there yeah and so um it we we sort of proved out that model which was actually really cool because people were saying oh my god you got to try this yeah Right. And through the course of time, we refined our practice and and our and what we were actually doing, whether it's the music you're playing, how you're saying it. We, we used it as this base point to be able to practice on people. And and through that, we, we gathered a ton of information from people. Uh, there was rave reviews about it. They were telling everyone else. And um, so we knew that this was going to be a brick and mortar thing. Because how, how far in? How, how far in did how, we know? How many how many? sessions in how many people in did it start to spread right away it was immediate immediately it was crazy wow 10 okay so 10 people come and the next week it was filled with new people do you remember if tatiana was one of the first 10 yes, she, she was. was well she was probably uh tatiana probably would have been within the first 20 30 do you remember who people. referred her by any chance no no idea wow i have no idea interesting yeah so they, I don't they just either. came randomly yeah and so, so that was the cool part about it is that we were vetting it with people that didn't know us, right? Yeah. So it's different if you, if you have a practice and you, and you start something and you know the people and they're kind of blowing yeah. smoke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're telling you because they don't want But So these right. were random people right. that we had no idea, people from all walks of life, uh, uh, people from different countries, you know, just everyone, everyone was completely autonomous. So yeah. we, we yep. had no way to sort of, uh, they, they weren't doing it. We, I actually would specifically tell them, listen, we're going to send a survey throw me under the bus. Yeah. Throw the yeah, practice yeah, yeah. under a bus. Tell us like what we're doing wrong. I right. don't care what we're doing right. I want you to tell us what we're doing wrong or what what you'd like to see changed or or give us your honest opinion. Don't can't candy coat stuff. Yeah. So probably likely within the first, you know, 60, 70 people, we said this is a good base of of, yeah. of independent people that would say and we asked them if they would actually go to if they would go to a studio and they'd yep. pay for it and unanimously it was like 98 percent of the people said absolutely they would pay for it and they'd be regular members where'd you find the first ones 
The first one were just 10 people that we knew. Okay, got it. Got it. But so so 10 people from my partner and then and then and then myself and and then it just went right away. Know? Yes, right away. Within like I said, within a week. And so we didn't written I would wake up and you know the that the next week would be completely filled from a class yeah. that I just had on Friday or on on Thursday or Tuesday. Yep. And wow. so so it was really it was really cool to see that sort of come to fruition. And then um you know so at that point in time, we realized that it's it's vetted out. Yeah. And so we decided to really look at real estate and consumer, uh, commercial real estate and then uh, pick the studio location. Um, but then COVID hit. That's right. Yeah. So because we were in the midst of we were in. The, <laughs> it was it was kind of funny because we had investors and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And the investors happened to be people that were actually coming in. They believed in the process. Um, and we had taken this money. We had got a location and all this stuff. And then, bam. COVID dropped. Wow. And so it was actually, it was the best thing that happened to us. It was. I think yourself as well, yeah, right? Yeah, we, I mean, we talked, you and I talked about this. Totally. Yep. You have to reinvent, recreate. I mean, you know, meanwhile, everyone else is panicking, freaking out. You Correct. Know? You got, yeah, great. You got to, you got to make the best, you know, squeeze yeah. every ounce of lemon out of the lemon you're given. Yep. And so uh, we, we, we sort of group huddled and said, okay, what are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Well, we've already amassed a good, population of people that were really upset that we weren't actually having these classes yeah anymore so then they're like how are we going to breathe like i'm coming like once every week or once every other week i need to get my breathe on i need to get my cold on yeah what are we going to do and so that, at that point in time we pivoted to like a digital sort of platform so we're doing live mm. podcasts or live, right. live, live breath yep. work sessions yep. uh populated by a bunch of people uh, everyone was freaking out, so people were looking for a way to reduce their stress levels, yeah. and you know they were isolated. So um, that that became a really cool thing, and then um, so that kind of brought us to another area of the business that's that's more of a digital membership. Yeah, you know that we had that we were already starting to populate, which is really cool. Doing recordings and stuff like that, going to recording studio and recording sessions um, that were super clean and crisp, and it's like you were at a live class. Um, and then and then. There was an outlier that said, hey, listen, you know, I know we're not supposed to do this, but is there any way if I get a group of friends together, mm. you know, could we do it outside on your deck and we'll pay for it? Yeah. And so we said, yeah, totally. Let's do it. And so that person brought a group of people over. It was now a paid model. Like as when you came in, it wasn't yep. paid at all. It was yep. just free. Yep. Yep. And so then then we proved out this model of this pay model. And then mm. you started coming to this Saturday and Sunday Sort coming of, in strong. Uh, yeah, coming in strong. In fact, you're one of them. And so um, so you're bringing your peeps, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then doing that, you, you now all of a sudden you're not dealing with four people. Now we're dealing with 15, oh. 20, 25 people. We were packing it. And it was packing. It was yeah. totally packed. It was 25 people Yeah, out on my deck and my lawn and stuff like that. And so we were doing those multiple times on Saturdays and Sundays and getting a big population of people to come. And the group dynamic was really cool, right? Yeah. And again, it was at a time when, when people weren't, people were still heavily isolated. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, they yeah. were still in totally. like total COVID mode, right? Yep. And so, um, you know, we felt like it was a it was it was a safe way to yep. actually get your community, get your tribe together, do something really cool, experiential, drop the perceptive stress, go into deep meditation, then do the cold and get all the health benefits. And so, so we did that for for the remainder of COVID pre-vaccine, yep. you know. And yep. so, um, it was really really cool. And then we started doing remote live events. Where, where companies were actually hiring us to get their get their peeps together and actually yep. do this stuff. So yeah, it sort of uh, sort of unfo un unfolded from there. 
Yeah, and I remember um, because we were my my crew and I were doing a fitness challenge. That's right. And I contacted one of your girls, yep. and I said, "What if I bring my whole squad in on a Sunday?" Yeah. Yep. Remember, we had, you you own the eight o'clock spot. You specifically I designed. You. you did. <laughs> I cursed you. <laughs> eight o'clock. My neighbor. No, I, it wasn't me that cursed you. Actually, my neighbors. <laughs> my neighbors were going, "Jeez, man!" I know. Eight o'clock in the morning, and I'm sitting here bellowing, well, you, blaring music, yeah. and yelling super loud. <laughs> <laughs> you guys came up with the time. Oh yeah, I no, would, I, I would have taken later. I get it. I, okay, I wanted you later. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I thought you were. I thought you were no. the morning guy. Oh god. Oh no. man, I was going. God, I got to get this thing ready by eight o'clock. No, six thirty. Put all the mats down. Eight's brutal for me. Oh yeah. dude, me too. So yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> now you now know. I find out. Now you know. <laughs> but uh, I remember bringing in the whole squad, and then I remember seeing on uh, like on social media some of the people, the new people that we were bringing. I was seeing them on social media bringing in three, four people. So the, totally. th that spreading was just so great to see because, you know, not only are you an incredible human being and one which I have a massive amount of respect for and That's absolutely brilliant. love listening to your passion and how much you genuinely care about people and health and wellness. And I just want you to know I'm completely wholeheartedly inspired by it. Oh, so not nice. only am I just proud to be a part of the movement that you've created, but it was just great to see, man, that other people were picking up on it. Totally. And I get it. Being a brick-and-mortar business now for 17 years, I can only imagine having investors' money and like, oh, okay, what do we do now? And But then you did some – you know what I mean? So you you pivoted so well. You went yeah. with it, and now your your location is, is taking off, right? I've noticed that you're actually changing. Spe speaking of which, you're sitting here yelling me, uh, yelling at me about the times. I'm noticing that Saturday uh, a.m. class keeps getting earlier. Oh yeah, what's that all about? <laughs> and I'm teaching it, which I don't. I want know. <laughs> I'm I'm almost. Uh, I think I'm opting out at this point because well, you're no. at like seven thirty at this point. Seven. 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 That's yes. right. You. Tw oh, seven thirty weekdays. There's six a.m. classes, and we call them the roosters, right? And so there are people. Yo, yeah. Opposite of oh, you and I, that like literally yeah. make it a routine. Yeah. And they get up at five o'clock. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what's going on. Five o'clock is their time. Yo, yeah. And so yeah, they're yeah. up and around by five o'clock. It's o dark thirty for me. I'm still fast asleep, but you know, um, I'm thankful that we have instructors and teachers, coaches. It actually are also roosters, and so they've been yeah. teaching the morning classes. And it, it, it actually, it's 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 a really, really tight-knit community that, yep. that show up at that time. Yeah, like of it's course. the same people over yeah. and over again, right? Yep. And so when we do the breeding classes and the cold plunge after, uh, that's that's the group of people that are full tribal, right? They, they're, they're, they, they know when one person is missing and they hold them accountable. Yeah. They're like, where were you yesterday? You know? And so it's, it's kind of funny. I, uh, and I've noticed cause we've now been to the studio at least four or five times, yeah. I believe. And you kept making this class earlier, but I, but I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. And once you went to seven, I'm like, all right, all right that's, that's it <laughs> for the time being. But, but my point is, I remember to your, to your point, um, going in at the, when it was seven thirty and eight, it was, there was the same half a dozen crew, the core, yep. the nucleus of that class yep. was identical every week was the same guys. And that one woman, um, that goes, correct me if I'm wrong every day. Yeah. Every day. Is she the every only day. one that goes literally no. every day? No. 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 I have people that come twice a day. Twice a day? Twice a day. Early in the morning, and they're and they're crushing me. They're going, you have to have a 6 a.m. class every single oh morning. And I can't relate, right? Because right. I'm not a rooster. Yeah. And so she, they're, they're basically telling me, I need, because right now we have Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m., and then yeah. we have yoga 
breathe and yep. plunge yep. at 6 a.m. for the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And they're just, they're, they're like, well, you need to get this every single day. It's packed every single day. Come yeah. on. Yeah. You know, so they're trying to, they're trying to definitely get me to turn there. So, and so, um, but I, I'll tell you what, I, I'll, I'll say this in not, not the early time, but if, <laughs> if you were really close to me where I live or this sure. store, I would probably be there at least, at least three to four days a week for sure. Cause my, my, uh, my what, what what do we call this the social media following or whatever you want to call yep. it they i do cryotherapy five days a week oh you do because it's right down the road got you the convenience so i do cryo f literally if i'm i'm obsessed with it i love it five days a week i post it on every single session so if you were close bro <laughs> speaking of which and i know we're way ahead of you know putting the cart before the horse That's okay when's the are we going to have one down south either further down here you think yeah i mean that's 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 the hot button topic right now yeah, obviously yeah. we're starting to i mean listen at the end of the day you know we obviously have proved this 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 first uh, location <laughs> is i'm calling it a beta because yeah. you know it's yep. the first True. first brick and mortar absolutely so we're trying to we're trying to obviously prove out this brick and mortar yep. uh again we've cleared the corn uh we planted the grass we built a field and we found out that the players are showing. Yeah. So it's a field of dreams, right? And so yep. we're really excited uh, at the prospects of where we're going directionally because, um, you know, let's be honest, we're opening up a breathe studio yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. A pandemic, that yeah. Is, that is basically where viral and it's right. aerosol. Right. And so you're putting a bunch of people in a room breathing. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the cool part about it is the players still came. Yeah. And and so even even in the midst of all this chaos and craziness, we still have a studio and it's pretty packed. Yeah. Like it, we're yeah. doing actually really well. Um, so yes, uh, clearly it's, it would be, I always liken it to, uh, opening up a vegan, uh, or opening up a butcher shop in a vegan town. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so if we prove that out, it's kind of like New York, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Yes. So from a time frame standpoint, it's been really valuable for us because that's true. You know, we, we realize like, man, what happens when, when it's not, we're yeah. not in the midst yeah. of this pandemic. Right. And it becomes endemic. Right. Right. Which it seems directionally that's where it's going. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of excited about that, yeah. right? And so, yes, where do we open next uh, is, is, is going to be a surprise. Yeah. So Are you already been, thinking about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been thinking about it since we opened the doors. Of course. I mean, there's been constant back and forth as to what the direction is. But um, I'll, I'll just tell you this. It's going to be either down south yep. or it's going to be in the Los Angeles. So ah. Santa Monica, you know, at the end of the day, these brands, brands like this, brands like ours, uh, you know, it's a boutique fitness uh, brand. It's filled with like this really every every aspect of what it is that we're doing is is based on like this really elaborate uh you know measure of science yeah so every process that we do is really really science-based and so we understand what's happening at every point in the process of what we're doing um and so we feel like this requirement we feel it's necessary in order to in order to get it out there, in order to get the brand yeah. larger, you have to go where the people, you know. True. You know, and this is, I hate to say this, and I don't want to want anyone to think that, you know, we're really chasing celebrities, but, but yeah. in order to help you push something forward that's brand new, that's never been done before, you have to get the endorsement and yeah. the collective sort of uh, celebration from people that are in a position to be able to promote you. Yeah, and influencers, basically. Influ yeah, influencers. You know, I'm not an Instagram guy by any stretch, and so I, I but I understand the metrics of it, and um, you know, 
it's it's this is this is being done by every single celebrity. Yeah, you know, cold be has become the new hot. Yep, breathwork is the 2021 number one fitness trend for men's health, and so you know we see this. We're we're on the we're in the front side of the wave. Yep, we're not we're not catching it late. We're right. catching it early, and so we feel like. Um, you know, everyone's looking for it. And, and again, what we've done, which I'm sure y you would appreciate is, is um, we've created this breathwork experience where it's not just breathwork, um, it's, it's, it's guided breathwork and we've made it reproducible and we've created this, uh, it's, you, you breathe in essence, you guys, just so you, just for context, so you yeah. know what we're doing. It's, it's fitness for your respiratory system. So it's 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 exercise. Yep. As you know, it's yeah, it's yeah. hard. Oh, it, it was. I mean, it's tough. I was blown away. Yeah. It was intense. Oh, it's, or it is intense. It is, and so so you're breathing like you're breathe, you're running up a mountain. Yeah. Right. And and you want to stay committed to it because the the way that I try to describe it to people, if I was going to give you a thirty second pitch, is I want you to think about Soul Cycle, and meditation. Yep. And they see each other at a bar. And they go, I'm completely 100% opposite of you, but for some reason I'm super attracted to you. And they get together later on that night and they have a baby. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really, it is, it is a fitness, but it's a deep, deep meditation. Like, can yeah. you vouch for that? Yes. Like in terms of Absolutely. being able to get completely out of your head? No question. And so it, 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 this is a form of meditation. And so it's an active meditation. And Absolutely. I think the, the big challenge that like we're trying to uh, sort of displace or the, the, the thing that we're trying to rebrand is this idea of what meditation is. Yeah. You know, I, I think that people get really confused. They think yeah. meditation is just sitting in lotus position and that's our first sort of thought of meditation. Well, meditation is not just that. Meditation right. is anything that puts you in the here and the now yep. that, that prevents you from actually thinking about past failures and future consequences. Yep. So Michael Jordan, uh, Laird Hamilton, anyone who's doing really intensive stuff, really crazy stuff, um, they're meditating while they're doing it. Yep. And so yep. they'll, they'll say it's the zone. The athletes right. will call it the zone, right? right? Um, other people will say flow state. These are all forms of meditation. So we're trying to rebrand this idea of meditation and take it out of just sitting and sitting cross-legged. And, and we don't want to have it as an ethereal practice. We don't want to, we don't want to embark on people's spirituality. You're right. going to find your own spirituality. So we don't want it to be an esoteric thing. We yes. want it to be like, you're going to take it wherever you want to go. Yep. And so whether you're Christian, whether you're Muslim, whether you're whatever, I don't care what it is, your breath, you're going to get into a state where you're going to see what you want to see yeah. and, and you'll feel stuff. And if that takes you to a place of spirituality, then away you go, you know? And so, so for us, um, there's, it's, a, it's a physical process and we're starting to understand the science of it, which, right. is, which is really paramount. And we're starting to understand the relationship between every single form of exercise and why you exercise. Yep. Like, why would you put in that effort? Why would you do that? I know, I know people, you're, you're a very muscular fellow, okay? <laughs> and I know there's an aesthetic quality to it, but I'm going to tell you what it does to you neurochemically, yes. what working out does yeah, for you neurochemically that. is the reason why you're consistently actually doing what you're doing. So please recognize like any workout, I don't care what it is, whether it's surfing, whether it's running, whether it's lifting weights, whether it's yoga, it doesn't matter what kind of exercise it is. The benefit that you get from exercise, physical is one aspect. But if, if you just got the physicality from it and there was no change in your state in yep. terms of how you felt emotionally, right. it wouldn't keep you engaged. It's impossible. So yeah. it's not just about the rock hard abs or the six pack or pardon me, six pack abs or rock hard glutes or quads. That's an, that's a side sidebar. 
what, what drives you to exercise is you can go in predictably every single time to exercise, feeling low energy, feeling stiff, feeling sore, um, feeling, feeling overwhelmed, feeling angry, or just, you know, not in the right place. And you can come out of exercise every time feeling exactly the way you want to feel. Yep. You notice that? Yes. You feel Absol good. Absolutely. You feel satiated. You feel happy. You feel 100%. cleansed. Yep. Right. And, and so what we're understanding is, is, and by the way, it, it absolutely makes you healthy physically. Um, but, but if you go to a doctor, for instance, and, yeah. the, and the doctor says, you know, you've clearly got anxiety, you've clearly got depression and you say, and they, they offer you medications yep. and you say, well, doc, I don't want to take medication. Well, what are they going to tell you to do? Uh, take a hike. <laughs> no, it's all I They'll got. Say, okay. Fair. It's all I got. Well, I'll tell you fair. what they, I tell you, I'll tell you their go-to line. <laughs> They'll say, well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to change your ways and yeah. you're going to have to start exercising. That would be the first course of action. But would the they really would tell you that? Would a doctor Listen, evolved doctors would. You know, we're not going to follow the old fat white doctors that smoke, right? Fat. I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. Here we're, we go. we're following the doctors that are, are a little bit more, um, they're taking more of a sensical approach. Yes. We all know every single one of us, whether it's you, myself, or anyone that's listening, we all know that, that, that it doesn't matter what kind of exercise you do. You feel better yes. about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can sit on the couch all day and this is my line, right? Yeah. You, I love this. You've heard this. I love it. You can, you can, we're at a time and place in our society where you don't have to move anymore. You, have right. to, you don't have to do anything. Right. And it's the reason why North America has been largely plagued, almost more so than other countries, especially third world countries, in terms of death rates. Yeah. Because we live in a place where, where you literally don't have to do anything anymore. You can sit on your couch, especially with COVID. Yep. Okay. You can sit on your couch all day. Now you can work from there. You can, you can, you can get Amazon Prime to bring your swag. You can get Uber Eats to bring your food. You can yep. watch TV. You don't have to move. Not for not for nothing. Yeah, and if you install a toilet in your couch, right? Yeah. You you now you, you can go to the bathroom, so you technically don't have to move. And right. heaven forbid, you know this to be true. Listen, everyone's doing Zoom from work now, so you don't even have to shower anymore. Yeah. You have to shower. You don't even have to put <laughs> yeah. on clothes from nothing. the waist up. Yes, exactly. From the waist down. I so it's crazy, yeah. right? And so we're at this place where our technology has led us to this time and this place where we really collectively do very little. And so when you're sitting on your couch and you're doing nothing, you're breathing really, you're barely breathing. You don't know it, right? but you're barely breathing. You're breathing, I say you're breathing to survive, you're not breathing to thrive. Yeah. So if you were, if you were in that state, and by the way, when you sit, all, when you sit on the couch all day yeah. and you get up, you've done nothing, I don't yeah. care even if your football team wins, when you get up after a Sunday of watching yeah. football all day, do you feel good? No. You feel freaking like you're hungover. Yeah, terrible. It's terrible, yeah. right? You feel yeah. depressed, Absolutely. you feel stiff, you feel sore. And if I was to get you, after you did that, to go walk around the block, you'd feel better. Yes. Okay? Yeah. But if you went for a five-mile run or you pushed it in exercise, you did an F45 workout, whatever it is that your jam is, but you really gunned it. You really gunned it. Yep. Um, you really pushed it. Then you'd feel significantly better than the walk. And yep. the relationship there is is on the couch you're sitting to breathe, you're breathing to survive. Yep. And when you really push it, you're breathing to thrive. And so we start to understand mm -hmm. that every form of exercise comes with an associated breath. The bigger the exercise, the more you have to breathe, the more you have to breathe, the more oxygen you take in, the more oxygen you take in, the impact that it has on your tissues at a cellular level is massive. And then what it does in terms of the release of neurochemistries. Yes. See, I, I think what people need to understand and recognize is, you know, we've relied on pills. We've relied on other sources to be able to activate this, this these neurochemicals. 100%, get into okay? that. But the reality is, is that, that, that um, 
listen, we all have this CVS in our brains. Yep. Like we have to know that we're pharmacists. We have to know that we can tap in and open the register at the CVS yep. and tap into all of these chemicals that make you feel incredible. Euphoric, like amazing. Like, but, but you have to work for it. It doesn't come free. Right. You can't sit on the couch and get that. Yeah. You have to do stuff in order to be able to get your body to release these chemistries. And when I say that, I'm talking dopamine, serotonin, uh, norepinephrine. I'm talking about melatonin, the opiate centers there, DMT, all of these, the endocannabinoid system. So people are smoking pot. Well, guess what? You got your own pot stash in your brain. Yeah. A, a plant can't make you high. No drugs make you high. You make you high. You, the drugs, what it does is there's a, basically when you take an exogenous, an outside medication to actually make you high, your body's making, it's, 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 it's really stimulating your body to release that very chemistry that it has within it. Does that make sense? Yes. Like and so we have to start looking at, you know, pills and drugs and alcohol and pot as, as being drugs. They're catalysts to get your body to release the same chemistry, whether it's MDMA, it doesn't matter what, it, mushrooms, all of these things are, are reflexive responses by your body. Yep. And so if you didn't have a receptor site in your brain, it wouldn't make you high. That's why I yeah. can't smoke this table and it's not getting, or whatever this is, yeah. it probably make me sick, but uh, you know, I, it, there's no receptor for this mat in my brain. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so we're starting to understand that the big measure the big lever, the big switch that you can really, in essence, control a lot of these neurochemistries is by the way you breathe. Yeah. Because guess what? At the end of the day, we're animals. We forgot we're so, quote unquote, evolved, that, and, and we've come so far that we forgot that we're animals and we have to move. And when you have to move, you have to breathe. And this is the very, this is the very metric of, or the very essence of why exercise makes you feel so good yep. and we have to get back we're hunters and gatherers by nature and so what we're doing with all these sports and fitnesses is we're we're in essence pretending that we're cutting down trees we're pretending that we're building houses we're pretending that we're running after the deer right yeah because that's what yeah. it is yeah there's no there's no ands ifs or buts about it that's what our body was designed for created for yeah yeah. Right. And yep. so, so we have to get back to these, these general, this general understanding of what our body is for and how we can elicit or get our body to work for us rather than against us. Yep. And so we want it to, everyone wants to take the easy path, but there's no easy paths for health. No, you can't do it. That's the problem. Well, listen, it's a massive problem because everyone wants the, the benefit, but they don't want to put in the work. Exactly. And so it takes work. And so when you come to a class, the breath work is a work. It's an exercise. Yes. It turns out actually that, you know, we come as we, as we were compiling all this elegant information and research on all the stuff that we're offering, all of these things have been done for hundreds, if not thousands of years around the world in different cultures. Yeah. And it turns out that, 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 that as we peel through the research that's been done, it's been done for a long time, but it didn't make the annals of the newspaper, right? Mm. So it would stay in the scientific journal. It would never leave because no one was really interested in it. Um, so what we, what we started to find out is, is things like lung capacity, total lung capacity. Yeah. Like we talk about lung capacity yep. and say, oh, I can breathe bigger. I can breathe small. No, your lungs are plastic. They can be as big as you want them to be unless you have a, unless you have a, a dysfunction, yeah. like, a, like a disease. Um, so if you haven't gone past that threshold, you can make your lungs as big as you want them to, but you have to put in the work, which means you have to run, you have to lift weights, you have to surf, you have to breathe. Yep. And so what we understand now is the ultimate predictor of longevity. 
true story. This is Framingham I study. I love this one. I so Framingham this. study is the biggest longitudinal study in the history of the United States for sure, potentially the world. It's been done. Um, we've been studying people in Framingham, Massachusetts since the 40s. Okay. And so it's like this Petri dish. It's like the Truman Show, yeah. right? Yep. So you're, you're yeah. taking this town and you're analyzing not just the people back in the 40s, but their kids and their kids and their kids, multiple generations. Yep. So here's what they found. Every single ounce of heart health, like any medication, any any understanding of where the heart is going, came from the Framingham study. Mm. There's 3,000 published really? journals on it. Yeah, it's huge. And what so, years was this? 1940 to the present. So they're being tested and, and analyzed yeah. from the 1940s yep. through their entire life. Wow. And then the next generation, the next generation. No so it's really, really cool. And so what we what we found through this Framingham study is is that we've been trained and taught through media and other sources that the keys to longevity are what? Diet, exercise, genetics. It's the big three, right? Yeah. Well, this study unraveled this idea or thought that it became fact that your total lung capacity was the ultimate predictor of your longevity. No kidding. Yeah, which makes perfect sense, right? Because here's what ends up happening. Your lung capacity, um, you you know, it matures completely in the mid-30s. And then by the time mm. you hit 50, um, what they found is there's a 17% reduction in your lung capacity. When you hit what now? When you hit 50. 50. By the time you hit 50, okay. there's a 17, average 17% reduction in lung if, capacity. If you're just living a normal life. Normal if, life, if you're, total what, lung capacity. Is that if you're exercising goes, or if you're not exercising? They didn't say that. They, they just basically that. Okay. said the average loss of lung capacity <laughs> at 50, by the time you hit 50, so from the mid-30s yeah. to yep. the 50, is 17%. And then after 50, it falls off a cliff. So the question would be after why? fifty. After fifty, there you go. So what, fifty-one? Sure, fifty-five. Where are you 60? at? Where are you at, by the I'm way? Fifty-two. You got me. I got you. And guess what? It's all it's rainbows number. and daisies after <laughs> fifty. Hey, dude, it's all perception. See, I'm fifty-two in in chronological age, but I'm twenty-seven. Yeah. In my brain, and I it turns out that perception. Yeah. yeah. Twenty-seven. I'm twenty-seven. I love that. And the reason why... All right, so give it to me again. So after 50, it after drops 50, off a it cliff. it drops off a cliff. What does that mean? Well, what per- I'll tell you exactly what that means. I know exactly what that okay, means. Okay, And when I say I know, I don't want to say I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at filling in the gaps. Yeah. Uh, it's not universal across the board, clearly. There's some people that it doesn't drop off, and there's other people that it completely drops off. So so Chris back here, you're like... You probably don't even have lungs at this point at your age. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, but he's Asian. Ah, oh, very... <laughs> so, Come on now. They don't so, actually. They don't actually age. All right, give uh, it to me. Don't. Sorry, it's give true. it to me. Um, so here's here's what I can tell you. It's a behavioral thing. Okay. So what happens? How do you age? Like you, how do you age? How? Uh, yeah. Day by day. Yeah, sure. Entropy. You, we all know that we're getting older. Every yeah. single moment, they're, they're, you're getting older. Every yeah. single second, you're yeah. getting older. But but you're technically chronologically getting older. But are you getting older mm, physically? Okay. At a cellular level, at a level of genetics, are you getting older? Because now we can test, right, to see yeah. if someone, we can test their chromosome to see you can have you can have chronological age and then you have a cellular age. Got it, okay. Okay, go like look that this. one up, that's crazy. I like this. Um, so, so you have a chronological age, so you can have a 60-year-old living in a 30-year-old body at a cellular level, or you can have a 30-year-old living in a 60-year-old body, cellular. And, and this can be tested? Absolutely. It's called a telomere. It's the end of your chromosome. So they can Where actually- Where do you get this test from? You can, I think 23andMe now does it. 23andMe? 23andMe and, me? 23 and, me and 23 then Ancestry.com. You know, have you not heard these people getting no. their, their genome tested? Really? No. Yeah, no. I'm, okay. out of, I'm out of the loop. Well, okay. You're out of the loop. So you can actually get your entire genome tested. You can figure okay. out your entire 
ancestral history and where yeah. you're from okay. and how much you got in you and and that'll actually tell where you're at cellularly that, well yeah and they have they actually they actually measure your telomeres so the really? telomeres are the end of the chromosomes and they and they they tell you what your cellular age is got it so and that that is reflexive too which means that if you are 30 and your your cellular age is 60 Ooh. which happens all the time yes right um you can actually rebound from that and actually regrow in essence your telomeres no kidding yeah so so you can make lifestyle changes yes. that will actually change that number okay so so it's kind of cool as long as you haven't gone past the point of no return so and, and what's that like i don't know it, it, complete obesity it's, it's, or yeah i mean listen it's 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 everything right so when we talk about health we look at external yeah and and i can tell you health is health is far from just external because you can see someone in front of you that's in incredible shape and they yeah. have cancer and they, right. they could be they could be three months away from death yeah. right you can't tell because they they look completely right, normal correct. and so you have to open up the box and mm. see what you got inside yeah and so um so so i think that's that's an important thing to understand uh you have skinny fat you have all these skinny terms fat, yeah, that yeah, people yeah. put towards things um health is you know when we talk about in natural health you talk about this holistic approach right and holistic really means like external and internal yeah right and so, so whether it's organs, whether it's tissues, whether it's cells, it, you're, 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 you're making a overall general health sort of, uh, you're, you're, you're basically looking at people internally rather than just looking okay. at their external. Got it. And so that's what this telomere thing comes into play. And so what we found is you have to make lifestyle changes. Yes. Right. And, yep. and it just so, just so happens that that's really in essence what we're doing with what we're doing. Right. Yeah. We're combining fitness giving people back that that lung capacity because yep. if you breathe super deep yeah over the course of time your vital capacity your tidal tidal capacity can change yeah we know this so this is science you can you can absolutely change your lung capacity it's malleable but you have to be able to use them and so what we're doing is when we're guiding these people through classes as you can as, you know I'm yelling at you guys yeah. in a positive way yeah. it's it's yeah. positive affirmations it's uh, you're doing it obviously to super cool music yep and 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 so it's it'd be like a spin class wow. and so rather than pedaling the bike you're using you're using a different set of muscles yep and so the muscles that we're actually using just so you know um why you can't overlook respiratory muscles your breathing muscles you have between 10 and 12 pounds of respiratory muscles just wow. waiting there to be used so they're just waiting in the wings, waiting for you to use them. And metabolically, what happens when you actually start breathing is you're using these muscles of respiration. Whether you're you're activating them or you're loosening them, you're doing both simultaneous. Um, you're 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 physically using muscles to actually breathe because it's a workout, right? Yeah. yeah. But conversely speaking, what you're doing uh, in conjunction with the exercise component to it, you're actually taking in all this oxygen. And now what we found as you get more oxygen into your lungs yep it's more oxygen into your arterial system your blood supply yep that becomes a higher level of saturation that is the ultimate metric it's the only way we know to be able to get pe their people's blood chemistry to elevate because you came in yep. and we would do this thing when gd jd was coming in with his croup or crew um croup croup uh, <laughs> like That's that croup cough uh no so we you <laughs> come in You'd come in and, and we'd get you to pee on a stick, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like hot dog on a stick. Yeah. Um, awkward to ask that, that question. Was, yeah, hey, yeah. come here. Go pee on yeah, a I stick, know. right? I know. And then we'd test your alkalinity. We'd mark down what that number was. Yep. It's urine chemistry, right? Yep. But you'd mark that. You'd mark down where you were at. Yep. And then after the breath work, you'd come in and you'd pee on yep. the stick again. Then we'd check the numbers. And you'd see routinely 99% of the people changed. And they Correct. became more alkaline. That's and so right. what we're measuring there is bladder chemistry. 
but you could assume that that obviously what was happening in the bladder was also happening in the blood as well. Yep. In essence, what was happening is you were becoming so alkaline that your body was kicking that Incredible. to your bladder. Right? Unbelievable. So it was trying to it was trying to debribe your blood because it was almost becoming too alkaline. Because you don't want to be too alkaline, so yeah. your body has to get rid of some of that. And so, um, so we we now understand that the that breathing is the only way that you can actually increase your blood chemistry. And 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 keep in mind, please, for anyone out there listening that that is that's drinking alkaline water, eating alkaline foods, crush it, keep going. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, get into that a little bit. There's a lot of people doing it. I don't have a problem with that at all. Listen, okay. I, I I'm I'm wise enough to understand that science changes every single day. Yeah. You remember when coffee was good for you? It's not good for you. Eggs yeah. are good for you. Don't eat the yolks. Right. Eat the yolks. Eat yep. nothing yep. but the yolks. I mean, it's just it's it's just constant. Yeah. Science is the last best guess. So right now, here's what the research is actually saying. The research is actually saying that there's no supplement, um, there's no food, there's no water that actually changes your blood chemistry. Just so you know, your blood chemistry is always tightly regulated. It's one of the most tightly regulated systems in your body. It's between, you're always alkaline, so it's between 7.35 and 7.45. But we do know there's a spectrum there. There's a high side, 7.45, and a low side, 7.35. Yep. And we want, science and research knows that we want to be more on the high side of the rainbow as opposed to the low side of the rainbow. Right. Because when, you, when you're, they say your body is acidic, well, it's never acidic, it's just, it's less alkaline. Got and it. so, so, but the low side is associated with things, inflammatory conditions, inflam autoimmune conditions. So, you know, heart disease and, and, and uh, all the autoimmune conditions, cancer is associated with a low, lower alkaline, low alkalinity, blood alkalinity. So to, to, so to interject here real quick, so you're saying that the body's actually never acidic. It's just Ever. less alkaline. Unless you have a metabolic disorder. So unless you have a diagnosed metabolic disorder, it's always alkaline. It cannot live in an acidic state for any period of no time. No kidding. Never. So when people are saying acidic, it kind of I, I kind of get, cring get cringy. Yeah. Because your body can't be there. It can't live in there. It and can dip into it for a short period of time, but then it has to come back out. Just like it can dip into a higher level of alkalinity, yeah. but it, it has to come back down. So it's tightly regulated. It's a buffer system. Yeah. Right? You need to be within those parameters. If you're not, you're not going to live. So you can't live alkaline, hyperalkaline, and you can't live any in, in acidity for any period of time. And so, the, but you said the the acidity thing, if the, unless they had an autoimmune, what was it? Now? No, it wasn't autoimmune. You'd have to have a metabolic disorder. Metabolic disorder. Yes. Give me an example for that. Uh, <clears throat> well, any metabolic disease. Okay. Any metabolic disease. Diabetes can be a metabolic okay. disease, right? Okay, got it. Okay. And so, so that blood acidity can, you know, your, your pH can change. And so we, we want to be conscious of just knowing that up front. Um, because I, I, I like to bifurcate that or, 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 or stress that because, again, there's so much speak on acidity and alkalinity. Right? There is a it's lot. It's important for people to understand. And if you understood the way that the digestive system worked, yeah, okay, then you'd understand why the supplements, the foods, and the waters wouldn't make you alkaline. Because you're, the pH of your stomach yeah. is as acidic as it can get. Right. It's hydrochloric acid. Yeah. What else is going to break down that 32-ounce porterhouse? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Okay, so can I tell you, you're, you, you <laughs> if you if you were completely alkaline, that would steak would come out whole. Oh, God. Okay? It would be hard. Yeah, okay? terrible. So, so, so obviously, you're, you want your stomach to be highly acidic so it can break down all the proteins. It can yep. break down the fats, the yep. carbohydrates, and all that stuff, right? Yep. And so it makes perfect sense that if you pour you know, 9.0 alkaline water in your stomach, it's probably not going to stay alkaline for very long. Yeah. That right? makes, that it's makes gonna sense. It's going to be buffered by this yeah. acid. And yeah. it's, it's a lot more powerful and your body's constantly regulating because it needs that acidity level to be down to break down those things. And so, 
in essence, if breathing becomes the only way that we can actually increase our blood alkalinity, yep. now we're starting to sort of go in this direction of now what are the implications behind that? Mm. So yes, we know that oxygen provides yep. ATP, right? We need it to be able to uh, boost our mitochondrial engines, right? This yep. is oxygen translates into ATP, which is the cellular currency yep. for your actions for you to be able to move. So we want to stoke out those mitochondria, right? Yep. Um, and, and they need oxygen to do so. So right. it's cellular respiration. This is how we work. And so we've got that. But then I think what's left to be yet to be proven is the alkaline, and I think it will be at some point in time, is as you become more alkaline, your blood chemistry, yep. what role does the pH of your blood play on the release of all of this neurochemistry? Is there a, is there a role? Now that's the, that's the unknown. Uh, still unknown. Totally still unknown. But I, I believe that that's gonna play a little bit of a role. And this is the reason why you feel so predictably good every single time you go and exercise. Not only are you stoking the fire, giving your provide, providing your body with all of this oxygen, you're increasing the alkalinity. And what we now understand is that this release of all this neurochemistry yeah. uh, probably plays a role with breathing, okay? That you can get into all these different states of just being here. Like if you've never been in a deep place of meditation, it's pretty wonderful, right? It is. And meditation, again, is just getting out of this prefrontal cortex, this yep. evolved center of your brain where you're not thinking about yesterday and tomorrow. And, and so you're just there. And, and, and it's, it's a process with r rhythm. Uh, it's a process with oxygen. It's, it's, it's a process of being um, sort of preoccupied with a bunch of other things, mm. i.e. me yelling at you, yeah. okay? Yeah. I.e. really super loud experiential music. Yep. And so you get into this, we call it a drift state where you're just, you're just flowing. And, and the only thing you can think about is your breath and staying with me because I'm there each and every breath, yeah, right? And yeah. so I'm coaching this where it's, and it's scientific, we put it together in a very scientific sort of way in terms of how, how spread apart each breath actually physically is. Um, and, and so we've, we've come up with this, uh, we'll call it an elegant process that allows you, anyone to come in, do it and get the same reproducible events or effects um, each and every single time, which is really cool. And, and I'll tell you what, man, and I, I, I love this class. Like the like I'm, I like can't wait till round two or round three because that's where my body starts tingling. Yes, where things just start like you you're just getting out you're out of your head. I start like anticipating when we're gonna hold our breath. So, uh, the it, breath it, hold is is pretty rad. And and describe the give give these guys explain the breath hold the fact that it's not on the inhale it's on the exhale sure. and how that works how's that even possible because remember my first class i just did what you told me yeah and i was like whatever you know okay that's great but not knowing how long we actually held our breath on the out the okay. exhale yes get into that pro get into that scenario right okay. there so the breath hold why do we do it well during the course of the each round each round is about 40 breaths yep uh, it vacillates. If we want to go deeper, we go a little Big farther. Deep, explain the deep breath here. Get into it. The deep breath is the deep breath is uh, it's through the mouth. Um, yep. Why the mouth? Because we're trying to elevate your nervous system. So everything that we do is all about your nervous system. <sighs> everything. And so when we talk about the nervous system, and it's and you know it's it's very common you know in our society to think that stress is bad. 
uh, right? Yeah, get into we're, that. We're told I love when you is, talk about we're, this. We're told stress is bad. We have to run away from For sure. It. We have to be totally stress-free in order to be happy. I'm going to tell you that you need stress in order to be happy. Yep. Outside of people, the only thing that you need in order to reach deep happiness is some measure of stress. We have to redefine what stress actually physically is. Because if we don't, we're going to be we're going to be challenged. We're going to we're going to have a problem. Stress is is really measured on your nervous system, right? So yep. ner your nervous system is the structure that really, for all intents and purposes, connects your brain to your body. Yep. The physical from your your neurological, and so so it's this tether that actually is a very amazing. It's the most amazing structure that you don't really hear that much about. Um, and and when we talk about the nervous system we talk about like everything else in life we talk about polarity the opposites yep on one side of the nervous system is fight flight freeze yes this is the area of the nervous system where your nervous system is completely dialed all the way up it's it's at the highest yep. level and 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 people freak out there you don't do well in fight flight freeze it's designed from a evolution or biological or creation standpoint to be able to um to, to be able to get you away out of a really dangerous situation. Yep. So, so whether it's you encountering a great white shark, uh, a pack of wild wolves, whatever is going to put you in th immediate threat of danger, it's designed to take the electricity, push it to your muscles to be able to get out of there. Okay. And it's very useful for that, but we can only be there in a very short period of time. We make really irrational decisions if we're there too long. Yeah. Um, watch any horror movie and you'll see people making really bad choices, right? When they're <laughs> yeah. scared. Yeah. So on the other side, you've got parasympathetic. Parasympathetic is the other side of the nervous system where it's dialed all the way down. The ultimate definition of that is sleep. So that's where your body rejuvenates, rests, and recovers. Mm. And you need sleep. Yes. And by the way, it's eight hours. Right. To our point of 7 a.m., right? We yeah. don't want to get, you yeah. know, I want to be able yeah. to sleep in so I can get my, you know, get my eight, eight hours Eight's in. the holy grail, right? Eight is the holy grail. It's not seven. I know people think they can actually go longer, but I'm going to tell you that's been proven out that you, you don't function properly. You may think you do, but yeah. you just don't. Neurologically, functional MRIs, we see people that get less than eight hours of sleep actually perform poorly. Let, let me hit on this real quick sure. because obviously that's the name of my business, Real Deal Sleep. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with tracking my sleep. Oh, okay. Right. And Oop. I'm noticing that uh, I I don't. Aura. We're not going to get into that. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I got the whoop, but it, I don't like the way it sits on my wrist. Totally. <laughs> they got to make a big boy whoop. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I do, I use the Fitbit. Yeah. And I'm perfect. comfortable with it. I like the way it tracks. Anyway, that's a side note. Yeah. But um, I've noticed that, you know, and everybody has to realize this when you, because everybody thinks that the amount of time that you're in bed is the amount of sleep you're actually getting. And that's not true. Totally. Because when every time I track mine, I'll be in bed for, let's say, I'll just use this as an example. Eight hours, or sorry, let's say I'm in bed for seven hours. I go to bed at 11 p.m. I get up at, at uh, 6 a.m. Or let's say something, that's eight hours. Yeah. But I actually only slept for like, it's usually an hour less sure. than the amount of time I was actually in bed. Yeah, deep right? sleep, yeah. Which sure. is actual sleep where you're not tossing and turning. Yep. And and then and then then we break this down further into the sleep cycles, which are deep sleep cycles, which mm -hmm. is the physical body, which yeah. is where the physical body repairs itself. Exactly. And then the uh, the REM sleep, which is the brain yep. or the thoughts, yep. which repairs the brain, yep. which is usually you know anywhere from ten to twelve to fifteen percent of your sleep. Yeah. So these are low numbers, and they go up and down and up and down your entire thing. What was I getting at? So you're telling me that let me use this as an example so i would have to go to bed for like nine hours to get eight actual hours of sleep does that make sense yeah of course are you saying eight hours 
because it's a non-negotiable. Do you track track your sleep? I don't, but I sleep like a log. You sleep like a log. Yeah. Do you wake up in the middle of the night at all? Never. God, it's unbelievable. Never. Never. That is unbelievable. I'm so fortunate. I've never had issue with sleeping. I drink so much water. Post. I drink so much water that I I (laughs) wake up at least one time to 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 go to bathroom. Totally. And then my mind starts flowing on everything that's going on. And these are positive things. It's I never got it. I got it. Life and the, my podcast, the business, you know, but sometimes it is stressful because everybody can identify with this cash flow, everything. bills. Got it. And then I can't get the brain to shut off. And then I put the massage on my sleep system, found it real deal sleep, by the way. And I'm out <laughs> in five minutes. Anyway, that's another side story. <laughs> but my point is you're telling me eight hours is the holy grail. Eight hours is the holy grail. So even seven hours is you just give me the statistics behind that. Well, what they what they found is is really that eight hour becomes this benchmark. In fact, you could go a little bit more than eight hours too. Yeah, minimums become maximums. Yes, pretty much. Right, and that's that's like supplementation. That's like everything, right? Yes, everything becomes this. When you look at RDAs or daily daily allowances of supplements and all this stuff, it's the minimum dosage. Right. That's required for like a sedentary person. Totally. Yeah. And so that's, that's the, that's, we got to stop looking at, we got to stop looking at these things like hundred percent. Yes. Means like you're getting everything you need. No, you're getting everything you need to prevent dysfunction. Like of right. something, right? So, so when you talk about vitamin C, if they say it's a hundred percent, well, that's to prevent you from getting scurvy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so vitamin D, well, that's the amount that you need to get to prevent you from getting rickets where your bones are bending. Right. Right. And yeah. so, so we have to look at sleep in the same context. Yep. And so, so we always, unfortunately, we have a tendency of, of, of beating down this, 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 this side of the, of the lowest amount and say using that as this benchmark. And so Got it. you should actually use the higher side to, to determine where you should actually be in everything. Right. Makes and sense. So, so there will, I will tell you this, which is super fascinating. There is a, an amount of, you can actually oversleep and oversleeping is bad for you too. Really? Yeah. True story. And what, how do you know, how do you know if you're oversleeping? Like what, what are you talking about? 10 hours or something? Well, yeah, I think, I think that it implies probably 10 hours plus and it can have, it can have, a, it's a law of diminishing returns. Okay. So you can actually oversleep and it has a, a detrimental impact. What kind of detrimental impact? Uh, well, you've done it before. You've overslept before. You go to Vegas, you're yeah. on a cruise ship and there's no light, right? Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you sleep for 12 hours and you wake up and you feel like you're punch drunk. Yeah, that's true. So, so, so it, 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 it's something that you need, uh, like you need waking hours as well. Yeah. And this is what I was going to get to is this idea, like every single moment of every single day is associated with a certain amount of stress. And by the way, most of the stress you feel during the day. Yeah. Because I was talking about the polarity of this, right? Yeah. Whether it's, you know, sleep, which to your point is like absolutely non-negotiable, which is great. It's a great business model, right? Yeah. The other thing that that, that people need to know is that there's this huge amount of your nervous system in between the two polarities. Got it. That that, that for all intents and purposes, that's where, those are your waking hours. Yep. And and I'm going to tell you an elevated nervous system is very, very important for your happiness. Interesting. So if you don't have stress in your life, you're not happy. In fact, if you don't have stress, you can't be happy. Really? Well, th- okay. So I'm going to put it in relate. I'm going to put yeah, it, give in- it to me. I'll give it. Um, I can put you on the beach of your dreams. I can put you on an island. You have nine Bugattis, a 67 bedroom mansion, everything you want access to everything. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. Right. You have access to it all. Everything you've always dreamed. Everything about. you possibly could want or need. Everything, and those are the things we chase, right? Those Correct. are the things we That's want. Right. We were told that we need to have this to make you happy. Yes. This to make you happy. This to make you happy. 
but it comes down to this thought of essentialism. Like what mm. is essential for happiness? And it turns out that the only thing that actually truly makes you happy is people and stress. That's it. That's it. Would you agree you need people? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. How important are, is your tribe to you? How important Very. is your community it's to everything. you? So, so if you don't have that, I don't care. Even if you, if you were on this isolated island, even the people that you don't like, yeah. you'd want to be around if, they, if the other people weren't there. Yeah. That's how essential people are for your happiness. <sighs> Even the people that you dislike the most, because we don't want to be around everybody, right? Yeah. But even the people that you actually don't like being around, you'd want to be around them because something is better than nothing. Somebody is better than nobody. Yeah. And so so we have to we have to understand that our community, our tribe, our people are the ultimate measure of happiness, that all the material things will not provide you any happiness, any longstanding deep happiness, yeah. I call it. You know, yeah. like deep happiness. The other thing that actually is essential. Joy, joy inner joy. joy. Yes, joy. for sure. Yeah. That you that 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 can't be thought. You have yeah. to feel it. Because happiness, uh, I tapped into this recently with our church. Uh, happiness is kind of circumstantial. It comes and goes. Joy is internal. Totally. You and know I what I'm saying? Yes, and I can tell you the only way you can actually benchmark or measure that is if you've had the opposite. Yes. Which is interesting, right? Very interesting. Because can you be happy without feeling sad? Can you be sad wow. without feeling happy? And so you have to have the opposites. Mm. You have to. Do you like good food? Love it. Love it. Me too. The only, you know why you like good food? Uh, it makes me feel good. Yeah, but it's because you've eaten terrible food before. <laughs> yes. The days of like uh, living on college campus and eating top ramen, yeah. and that's what you feasted on, or Michelinas, yeah. like, you know, fettuccine Alfredo, 99 cents in the freezer section. Um, I can tell you that you've you've gone through yeah that's true you've gone through the sticks of not having not eating really good food so you have a you have a sort of a measuring stick yeah so that's the reason why you appreciate good food if yes. you just ate oatmeal all day then you have no understanding of yeah what there's good no food con there's no, no context. context so 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 I can tell you that um, happiness joy all these things come and go and it's a uh, a cycle and you want it to be a cycle you want to feel sadness. So when you get, it's like being sick, right? Yeah. You, when you get sick, it feels terrible to feel sick. Yep. But man, when you start feeling better, how good does that feel? Great. Because you know what it feels like to not be yes. sick. Yes. And then, and because you just came off the, you yeah. just came off being yeah. sick, right? Then and you so, appreciate exactly what being you got. healthy yes. and feeling good. And then you, and then hopefully that inspires you to continue to be healthy, so you don't go back there until you let off the lever and all of a sudden you, you burn the midnight candle, you do stupid yes. stuff, you eat terrible, you don't yeah. do healthy practices, yep. and then you get sick again, you, for, you remember again, and it brings you back to a place of actually maintaining your health so you don't go back there. Right? Totally, yeah, 100%. So, so, so what's fascinating um, is, uh, so people make you happy, they're, they're not, it's non-negotiable. The other yep. thing that's essential stress. for is stress. And so when I talk about stress, I'm not talking about fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. In fact, in our society, in our culture, very seldom are people in a fight, flight, freeze you, sort of situation. Before, I remember you using a different fight, flight, or something. Fight, fight, fright. Fight, flight, okay. Yeah, okay. so, so you, it's, it's interchangeable, right? Depending gotcha. on who you're okay. talking to. Okay. So, so at the end of the day, fight, flight, freeze is not a white shark. It's not a pack of wild wolves. It's not going to kill you. It's perceptive stress. Yeah. That's why I don't even like to use the term, are you stressed? Yeah. Because you're creating this stuff in your it's perceptive. brain. It's perceptive. It's it like, do you think, do you think news is going to kill you? Do you no. think, do you think, do you think the reason why you should get into this elevated nervous system because, because you're in traffic? 
and you're late for something, is that going to kill you? No. And what about your, what about an argument with your spouse or disagreement with your kids or a boss or whatever? All these things push us into what we perceive to be an elevated nervous system. We're driving ourselves there, but we're not supposed to be there. Like it, it's yeah. not going to kill you. Yeah. So the middle area of stress is, is, is this, it's called hormetic stress, hormesis. It's good stress. Yeah. Stress that's good for you. Most of the stress you face during the course of your life is hormetic stress. So in fact, I'm going to tell you that you wake up because of stress, just so you know. Yeah. Give so you me. get out of the, one of these awesome beds, yeah. mattresses, yeah. right? And, um, because of stress. What happens is you're sleeping and, and uh, you have a window open your, in your room. Yep. Uh, or there's a, you know, there's a, you know, you can see the sun come up. Yep. And as soon as that sun comes through, that light goes through your eye, eyelid into your light bulb and it stimulates, it tickles uh, a stress hormone called cortisol. So cortisol all of a huh. sudden starts to rise. Yeah. You know, the sun goes, wake yeah. up cortisol. Yeah. And so it turns on and now that's a stress hormone that yes. starts this initiated process of you going from a super deep sleep, real deal, yep. mattresses, <laughs> real a deep deal sleep, sleep, right? A deep sleep to wakefulness. And now all of a sudden you, you have to, you're, you can't get back to sleep because you're your brain and your body are going, get the heck up. Yep. You have to be, you have to be functional. You have to get stuff done. There's yep. a lot of crap to be done. And so now cortisol gets you out of that warm and cozy bed. And if you're smart, what you'll do is you'll wake up and make your bed in the morning. This is a behavior, right? Okay, give it to me. It's not just a Navy SEAL thing. It's yeah. not a military thing. Yeah. But they, they understood it. Yep. It's, it's chemistry. Because making that bed requires energy. Okay. It, it requires an action. Yep. And in order for that action to happen, there's a threshold that has to take place physically and mentally. And, and what has to happen is you have to be motivated to do something. Yep. Motivation comes from stress. Motivation to do something, to move forward, to fall forward, to actually start your day, yeah. to, to continue your day through the course of the day is all based on stress. It pushes you in the direction that you want to go. Yep. And so in order to make the bed, you need something called norepinephrine, which is adrenaline in your brain. It also requires adrenaline in your body. Does it require a lot? No, because it's just a small action. It's yeah. not that much, but it needs a little bump. Right. So you make your bed and you get a shot, a little shot of norepinephrine and epinephrine. Yep. Okay, adrenaline. Yeah. Yep. And then and then if you finish your bed, you finish a task. It's a small task, but it's a task yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. And when you finish something, any task, you get a reward. And that's dopamine. So in and essence, so the original hormone release is because you're physically active? Yes. Well, the, the original the original one is just to get you out of bed. Yeah, right, That's right, right. But making the bed. Making the bed is a physical action, but it's also a mental action because you can disregard it and actually walk away yeah. and, 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 and not make the bed at all. But you don't feel as the same measure of complete. So is it because you're like performing a task and you're, completing a task? Yes. That's what it is. Yes. It's a task. Not the actual a, physical action Well, it's of a it. physical activity yeah. and it's a task. Okay. Because it's easier, the easier thing to do would just be walking away from your bed. Which I do most of the time. Yes, okay. And but but if you made your now. bed, try it. If you make your bed, you feel good about yourself. You feel this yeah. kind of like, oh, I started my day with something. You, you see this with very successful people. What do they do? What do what's, the, what's, the, what's, what's the commonality between every successful, lot of successful people, the vast majority of successful people? What is the relationship between most successful people? Uh, they, get it, they get stuff done. They wake up super early. Yes. Okay. The roosters that I'm talking about. Yep. They yeah. come at 6 a.m. That means they have to get up at 5. And by the way, they're coming. So they have to get their butts out of the bed. 
they have to make their bed. I yeah. guarantee you they make their bed. Yeah. So they, if unless their wife or their husband. You should take a poll in. on this. Okay. It would be interesting, right? It and would. So I'm going to tell you that they start their day with one of the most difficult things. Yeah. The resistance. Breathing. Well, listen, it doesn't matter. It's also the cold, right? It's, it could be exercise. Mm. You go lifting weights. How good do you feel when you wake up super early and you go lift weights? Fantastic. How's the rest of your day? Great. Why? Because I had that shot of Bam. norepinephrine. and energy. Yeah. You didn't want to do it. It was resistance. And you yeah. passed that resistance. You got over that barrier. Yeah. You climbed over that mountain, which is your bed. You got up. It's dark 30. It's dark. You got to the gym. You got it done. And by the way, you got home at 8 o'clock and you were already done with like a really challenging yep. exercise. Yep. And so so everything else from that point forward is easy physically, but but the resistance neurochemically, it's not there because you're happy. Yeah. You're happy doing whatever you need to do. You show up better. Like when you come in here after you work out, you show up as a better human being. Oh, yeah. You want to be here. Yep. You want to interact with people because you feel good about yourself. And so in essence, this bed making thing in a, is, is a small portion of that, right? Yep. So you do something, it's an action, it's an activity, and then you get a shot of dopamine. And then the likelihood of you now taking that and carrying that forward and actually taking on a bigger task and then getting a bigger shot of dopamine, and then a bigger task and yep. a bigger shot of dopamine, it's, it, it just becomes this trail where you start your day off with something and you're climbing the mountain, right? And so, so if you start and you've already climbed the mountain, then it's all downhill from there. Meaning in, in a positive way, meaning yeah. that, that oh, everything yeah. else yeah, becomes yeah. easy. These tasks that you see as insurmountable that you don't want to do taxes or you, you have this, you, you got the yeah. restructures, whatever it is that's yeah. challenging, yeah. it becomes easy because you started with the most difficult. And that's where, that's where the breath work and the, and the cold is really good. When I do it in the morning and listen, I've had multiple people, uh, they would, you know, I've, I'm trained Navy SEALs yeah. and, and, and people that want to be better at the cold. Um, there was one particular guy that was coming over at 6.30 in the morning because he was doing a Wim Hof thing out in Poland. He was doing the famous Wim Hof uh, yeah. climb up Mount Schnitzka. Um, and he didn't want to make an ass of himself in the cold. So he's like, you got to show me how I can do this because yeah. he was going to be going in for long periods of time. Yeah. And so I said, okay, well, what about this time? What about, it didn't work. He was a CEO of this company. And so he was very, he was the riser. He's the guy that his, he's called a superpower showing up. And so it was the death of me because he'd be showing up at six, six thirty at my house and it was dark. Yeah. And I didn't want to get in the cold. No. Because I get in the cold at night. And so but when I got in the cold twice a week with him for a period of like two months, early, early, early in the morning, man, every single day was Phenomenal. like magical. You know, and this is where the tribal thing comes together. Yes. Your church, for instance, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Listen, the reason why you're so galvanized with the with that group of people is yeah. because they're like-minded people. They're yeah. gathering together. Again, this idea of community is yeah. the ultimate benchmark of happiness. You need it. It's yes. necessary. It's no essential. Doubt. It's not even negotiable. Yep. So, so yeah, I'm going to tell you that stress, we have to look at stress differently. We have to view it differently. We have to understand that stress is actually good for us. So we have to perceptively recognize that we need it in our lives, that we have to control ourselves from going into that fight, fight, freeze. And now what we understand, it's the way you're breathing that determines whether or not you're going to go to a place that you uh, don't want to go. That's that sensation of feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. When you get stressed, when you, when you get overwhelmed, okay, and yeah. that it's, you're really dialed up, you have to pull it back down and the way you can do that is by breathing by breathing by breathing because you forget to breathe when you're stressed yeah we, we pretty much hyperventilate hyperventilate right. you which means you're not getting any oxygen almost no tissues, oxygen none it's bore's bore effect you need co2 in order for oxygen to go from your blood into your tissues and so people panic and when they panic again this yeah. is i always say this is where superheroes are made right this is where greatness is made we look yeah. we have a tendency of looking at at people 
our heroes, the people we look up to that are doing really crazy stuff. Yep. Um, we think they're superheroes, but in all actuality, what they've done is they figured out how to remain calm under really intensive situations. And how you do that is they have cued in innately because they probably weren't told. Yep. They were fig they figured out this whole concept of slowing things down, slowing their breath down. Yep. If you slow your breath down, it lowers your heart rate. Yep. If you slow your breath down during the day, you're you know, all this stuff can be going on and you're just cruising through. This is the ultimate, by the way, the Navy SEAL thing is hilarious. When you see these Navy SEALs, you think they're gonna look like you. They don't. No. They're shorter, pudgier kind of guys most of the time. Yeah. Um, the, the the brutes don't make it through because they're trying to out-muscle it, out-fitness it. It's a yeah. brain thing. Right. And so there's this this group consolidation and they find that there, there's coherence between this this these teams, these SEALs teams. Yeah. And what they do is they all lower each other's heart rate. They, they, they're calm under really intensive situations. That's what the military is looking for. Mm. People that don't fold. Yeah. People that people that don't give up, and yeah. in order to get through really stressful situations, you have to be able to figure out how to tap into your breath, and that's the only way that you can consciously control your nervous system. Therefore, your heart rate. Therefore, every other response that you actually have. And so, um, so yeah, this this idea of, of 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 having a better relationship with 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 your nervous system, having a better understanding of what stress actually is, putting it where it should be, yep. is critical. And then um, understanding how you can control and regulate it. And it turns out it's your breathing. And so. We, uh, as a brand, we actually elevate your nervous system and put you in this area instead of it fight, flight, fright, or yep. flight, fight, freeze. Yep. It's, I call it excite and delight. So it's elevated, but it's not gonna push you into that area that you don't wanna go. Right. It pushes you into this area that athletes, again, call the zone. Other people call it flow state, where it's meditation. It's dynamic meditation. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's really super important to recognize um, that, that, that stress is actually really good for you. Because when I found out stress was good for me, it was a game changer. Now I knew it into intuitively because I always did things that were very stressful. I'm a risk taker. How uh, long ago did you figure this out? Well, I started doing ultra marathons 15 years ago, and I hate running. And, and there's funny. nothing more stressful than you know being you know 20 hours into a run, and 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 realizing that you're in the middle of nowhere, you're on a mountain somewhere, it's completely dark, you're by yourself, and and you're you're dying. I mean, you're you're hating it physically, right? And emotionally, you're hating it too. And pushing through that, the reason why I love that is because it's stress, but stress, if you overcome these things, these challenges, you become more confident. When you become more mm. confident, you try different things. You really lean into life, right? And that's what we all need to understand. We yeah. can't run away from stuff. We have to run towards stuff, Yep. right? And the only thing we run away from is, again, the old fat white doctor that smokes. We don't want people to take care of us we want to be able to learn to take care of ourselves not just not just in our brain but in our body and so we want to be able to be in control and you're in control everyone's in control that's yeah. the truth is that's the, the the fountain of youth is simple it's you yeah do you want to be do you want to live older do you want to be free of sickness and illness and do you want to stay in shape do you want to be happy like then then go yeah do but it do it just do it nike right i mean yeah. just freaking do it yep like if you if you start to understand that you have the capacity to be able to make your own story, tell your own story yep. and do whatever it is you want to do and, and stop believing other people that have failed. Yeah. Cause that's what we're doing. That's it. We believe other people that have failed. How freaking ridiculous is yeah, that? Totally. Right. And so, so for me, I, I think that that's a, that's a huge part of what we're doing. Uh, you asked me about the breath holds. What is a yeah, breath? Give hold? me the breath hold. So what's happening during the course of the breath work itself. And by the way, real quick, yeah. while we're on the stress thing, um, yeah. um, so the stress that we, the perceptive stress, 
Are you saying that's pretty good too? The perceptive stuff, like we're worried about the bills or going here. Can be. It motivates you, right? Okay. If you if you have a bill, yeah, then you have to make money to pay that bill. Yes. And so that motivates you to do something. Yeah. And hopefully you don't freak out when you see the bill and you turtle. Okay. Hopefully yeah. you say, okay, that bill's that bill. I got to pay that bill. I knew I was going to pay that bill. Yeah. And so I've got to do the right actions. I've got to make sure that I do the right, make the right choices to be able to pay that bill. Right. right. Yep. And it's going to yeah. motivate you. If yeah. you have your mortgage payment, yeah. you're not, you know, you're not going to turn your back on that. Right. Right. I mean, yep. you're a businessman, you're an entrepreneur. And so, so listen, what, what, there's many things that motivate you, helping people, all these yeah. things. Yes. Right. But then there's this, there's this background thing that you're not looking at directly. You're looking at it indirectly and realize you already know that you have to make those payments. Yeah. So, so is that motivating? Yeah. yeah. Because you don't want to be on the streets living yeah. in a car. Yeah. Okay. So right. yeah. I, and, and so yes, yeah, some stresses are really good. Because they make you get off of your ass, yep. off the couch or out of bed in the morning. It prevents you from being warm and cozy and you challenge yourself yep. and you're going to make it happen. Because if you want it, it's there. Take it. Take it. Take it. It's yep. yours. Anything you want is yours. And is the idea to hopefully have better stresses like working out? For sure. Right? For sure. Uh, well, listen, better <clears throat> stress is when you actually do the hormetic quote unquote, stress, the good stress. Okay, there it is. When you have good it was, what's stress. What's it called again? Horme- hormetic. Hormetic. Yes. Or hormesis. Hormesis. Is, is, yes. Okay. So hormetic stresses are paramount and critical because they provide you a reward system. You end up getting a better relationship with the sensations because they're forms of stress, but they're not, it's not as mentally taxing. Right. But if you do the physical stuff. Got it. Okay. Got okay. It. Then all of a sudden the mental stuff, the chatter goes away. Mm. See, we write our own story, right? False narratives. Yes. So we think something is what it is, but it's never what we expect it to be. Right. Right. I mean, we, we paint these stories and pictures ourselves. Yeah, we do. And so, but you end up looking at life significantly better when you do good things for yourself, to yourself. Yes. Right. So yeah. you see, you know, listen, I can look at something and you could see something. We can look at the exact same thing. It can make me laugh and you cry or vice versa. Yep. It's the exact same thing. Where are we in time and space? Mm. Right. Perceptively. Yep. Yeah. And so the person who actually did something really good for them is automatically going through is in this positive place. Yep. But you've had it before. You wake up in the morning, you stub your toe and it hurts like a son of a gun. And the rest of your day is kind of shattered because yeah. you're, it starts negative. Yeah. It starts this cascading effect. Well, positivity is a cascading event as well. Right. So if you start with something positive, then it's going to continue to be positive. If you start with it. Yeah. Positive. Now you may hit resistance along the way, but you've already had so much positive that you over, you go, you, you jump over the Canyon. You don't fall in it. Now does anxiety fall into this? Like people Absolutely. that have like, what so, is anxiety? It, what is it? It's just perception, right? Yes. Yes. It's, people, it's, 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 it's not having control and regulation over your nervous system. That's it. Pretty much. I yeah. mean, I'm, I don't want to sit here and, and you know, right. I mean, we, we label it in so many different ways. I'm going to tell you that, you know, certainly it's a case by case situation. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to sit here and take away from someone that's suffering deep anxiety or right. intensive yeah. anxiety. Yeah. I think we've all experienced anxiety. We've all felt it. Of course. And so, so, so there's different measures of yeah. it, but I'm going to tell you most people, you know, uh, could there be a biological component to anxiety for sure? Yeah. But, but can you, can you un rewrite that story? Yeah. I think so. If you did the right things, that's why, that's why I started with this whole idea of the, you know, the doctor, you go in, they, they, they can give you medication for anxiety, but you don't want to do it. Okay. So on, they on, tell the, you? on that note, that's yes. what I want. actually wanted to get there. Yes. Medication. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it for people that have anxiety or let's say deep depression. And maybe that's another, we're off on a different contagion here, but, but it's the same, it's the same family. And I can it's the same family. Yeah. 
And give me your give me your thoughts on the fact that I I think and I'll say I think I can say majority yes. of what do we call regular Western docs yeah. are just prescribing actual medication for anti anxiety anti depression. Mm-hmm. Give me your thoughts on this. I think that we are now in a culture. And I don't think I'm, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to no, come else. from the heart of this. Yeah, true story. Let it fly. Uh, so I believe, uh, almost matter of factly mm-hmm. that, that a lot of the conditions that we suffer from are, I don't want to say they're self-induced. Yeah. So, so they're as a result of our situation, yeah. uh, the place we've put ourselves and, and so it's, they're overcomplicated. Where, where our bodies, our brains are not designed to be in this sedentary sort of place. Yep. I know this just through the physical aspects because yep. of the work that I do on muscles and tendons and bones and joints, just motion has become, you know, it's, it's, it's become ridiculous in our, co- our country, yeah. our culture. Yeah. We don't move anymore, right? Yep. And so, so that has negative drawbacks to what happens to you physically yep. but then neurochemically we sit in front of computers all day mm-hmm. and we're we're taking in so much sensory information that our brains become rot or overwhelmed yeah. really easy because between instagram facebook twitter news yep. you're constantly being bombarded right yeah. whether it's work whether it's family whether it's mortgage payments whether it's retirement you're always being you're in essence in a situation of being completely overwhelmed. Yeah, all the because time. Because you're being bombarded by stuff. You're yeah. not designed to do that. Right. Your brain needs naps. Yeah. Just nothingness. That's where that's where that's... exercise becomes beautiful because right. you're there. You're away from the chatter. You're not sitting there on Twitter or yep. on Facebook or yep. Instagram reading posts. You're just doing and that's why you feel so good because yeah. your brain gets a little bit of a nap. It turns down and then you tap into another portion of your brain. Which is the area that you know? It's the primitive brain that, yeah. that releases all this incredible neurochemistry, your brainstem. All right. Yeah. And so, um, do I believe in Western medicine? Of course I do. You yeah. can't not. I mean, I'm sorry. Like you yeah. know, this idea of like being on one side or the other. I hate it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's because I'm from Canada. And I see things moderately, but uh, it's like politics. I hate polarity. Like yeah. I hate opposites. I think there's truth. The truth is in the middle. Yeah. And so. You lean on medicine, it's a wonderful form of science and research, and you lean on it when you need it. But you can't use it for day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And so I believe, and again, I don't want to offend anyone out there, I believe a lot of people feel anxious. I know that a lot of people feel depression. Yep. Um, and I, I'm totally sensitive to it, and in no way, shape, or form would I take them off medication. Okay, because I get this question all the time in my office. I'm sure. And I don't want to do that. I don't think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. They have to make that choice. I'm not going to give you input, but I'm going to yeah. say these are, I would say definitely if you're going to go on medication for any of these conditions, um, you know, and it, this is this is independent of the people that are severe in either one of them, right? Right. Um, I feel like if, if you're just on the cusp of feeling that way and someone throws that definition to you, I feel like you probably want to choose the conservative route first. Yeah. Right. I okay. think of the, and a lot of doctors are going this direction, by the way. So the old fat guys are dying. The old fat. Well, you know what I'm saying? Listen, yeah, yeah. We're, I, we're talking I, to doctors, you know, I, I, they drive me crazy, right? Yeah. Because they give you all the, you got to do this, you got to do that. And then you look at them and you know, they're smoking they're a mess. cigarettes. They're, yeah, they're a mess. mess. They're a hot mess. Yeah. And so, so I look at people that I want to follow. <clears throat> right. Like that are living it. Yep. Yeah. Like living it. Yeah. Um, those doctors have a tendency of being very, um, 
very progressive in their thoughts. And so what they want to do is they'll, they'll put you on those medications if need be, yep. if it's an acute situation, but they want to take more of the conservative road. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they want to really yeah. be more conservative. That's that's their essence of who they are. And so at least I hope. Yeah. Um, and so I can tell you that exercise becomes this modality that you use to be able to have the same measurable impact. Just so you know. Um, okay. Yeah. Here's here's something very interesting to prove this out. Give it to me. Cold bath. Yep. Cold plunge. It's yep. cold, right? Cold plunge. Freezing. Freezing. Like, I mean, is it cold in your cryo? Yes. Way colder. Yes, brutal. Because cold in your, your cryotherapy, you get cold for a period of time, but it's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's not crazy cold because it's superficial. It's not right. core cold. It's not Correct. deep cold. Yep. So, so cold is this, is this really, really cool uh, entity that you do because it is this big resistance point. It's not just making your bed, okay? Yeah. Everyone's dreadfully, no one likes it. No. no one embraces it. The beautiful thing about the cold is it becomes almost like a stress inoculation or a mm. stress vac vaccine. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because you know you're going to feel stress. You know you're going to feel stress before you go in. You know you're going to feel that sensation when you go in because it's so freaking cold. Yeah. Biologically, your body's going, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And then when you get in, what do you do? You slow your breathing down. So this right. becomes the breeding ground to have a better relationship and understanding how you can control the most stressful situation. Yep. And what's fascinating about the cold is it's 90% in your brain, 10% in your body. You're kidding me. 90% in your brain because you feel it, dude. When you yeah. get to that place, right? Yeah. You slow your breath down. You're breathing yeah. through your nose. Like yeah. So when you get in initially, there's that fight, fight, freeze, yep. right? Um, you get an increase in norepinephrine, which is a stress stress hormone, Yep. Yep. right? Um it goes up 530%. Dopamine goes up 250%. It's simultaneously. Simultaneously. They go up almost immediately. It's at what crazy. temperature does that have to happen? For? Listen, it, the, all the science and research has been at 50 degrees. Okay. I think the I think it's going to be, I think the optimum is going to be between 40 and 45. And that's okay. what we have our cold plunge. Yeah, usually about 42, you, 41. You have to make it a real challenge, right? Yes. Because there has to be this, I want you to be respectful of it. Not yeah. fearful of it, respectful of it. That's There's a difference between the the, yeah. the, the heroes and the non-heroes. Yeah. The heroes, no, they'd be incredible human beings that do crazy stuff. Well, it's Alex Honnold or Laird Hamilton or Tom Brady or whoever your person is that performs under really intensive pressures, the Navy SEAL. They don't fear something. They respect it. They respect it. There's yeah. a different, the, right. the words are different, yeah. right? Yep. And so what happens when you go in the cold is you get this incredible increase, amazing increase in norepinephrine. Um, it's, it's so high that it, 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 then that number, 530, is, would be the number that you would see when you bungee jump or skydive for the very first time. Wow. And notice how I say first time. First time. Meaning that every single time you go in the cold, you get 530, but when you bungee jump or skydive, you get it the first time, but the second time yeah, you don't get as down. much, and third time, and fourth time, and fifth time. Wow. And so, so, so that's, why you get, that's where you get the adrenaline junkie. Yeah. The person who's now going from, from bungee yeah. jumping or skydiving to base jumping or flight suit stuff. Yeah. Right? Yep. So they want more. They need more action. Mm. That's why Laird Hamilton's now looking for, McNamara's looking for the 100-foot wave. 50 and 75 isn't good enough. Yeah. Right? They want more. Yeah. And so you get this every single time. It's reproducible event neurochemically that you get 530% increase. You get an increase in dopamine 250%. Every time. Every single freaking time. Now here's the, it's because you met this resistance and you did it and you calmed down and you found your breath and you had these long, slow exhales through your nose, which is the way you should breathe during the course of the day, every single right. day, because it calms your nervous system down. So you don't respond reflexively to the environment that you perceive to be really stressful, even though it's not, because it's a beautiful freaking day. Yeah. 
We live in San Diego. Yeah. Right? 72 degrees. You got right. nothing to worry about. Yeah. You're not in Kenya. You're not in, or Kenya's a beautiful place. Uh, yeah. You're not in uh, Somalia. Okay. You're yeah. not in Yemen, right? Yeah. Where you're yeah. going to be worried about getting bombed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but your nervous system responds like that. So, so you get this every single time. Now, here's the kicker. Dopamine. Dopamine, 250% increase. Yeah. Just to put it in relativity for you. Give it to me. The most recreationally used drug, widely recreationally used drug, is cocaine. Okay. Okay? Yep. So people use cocaine constantly. Like they, that's a big problem, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and once you start, you want it more and more. What cocaine is, it's a dopamine reuptake inhibitor, which basically means it prevents, your body's always producing dopamine, but yep. it's stingy with it. So it lets Got some it. out and then it pulls it back in. So you don't have a reward for too long because if you have a reward for too long, you're not going to do your next thing. Yeah. Because yep. you're just happy. Right. Okay. So yeah. it's very stingy with it where cocaine, you don't have to do anything and it just, your the dopamine flows around ah. your system, but it doesn't last that long. Right. Okay. Which that's is, why people are going back and forth to the bathroom during the party. Yeah. You're yeah, wondering why the hell yeah. is their bladder that small? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they're acting a little strange. Yeah. Okay. The cold, that 250% rise lasts for three freaking hours. Three hours? Three hours. Check this out. This is the most recent research on the cold. Um, metabolically, what they've just just proved out, uh, I can't remember her name, Sorge, uh, she's from uh, Sweden or, uh, I, uh, where is she from? Do, 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 Finland. Okay. Um, she did a study, six-year study on cold water swimmers. Yeah. Recreational cold water swimmers. And what they found is, is if you do regular, consistent, cold exposures during the course of the week. Yep. And the number that she came up with, it's a Soren, Soren Grin or something like that. That's her name. Um, she's a PhD. So they did this big clinical trial and they found that that people that did cold exposure through the course of the week, and it ended up being between nine and 12 minutes for, for the week in yep. segments of three to four minutes. Wh at a time. How cold? Uh, they didn't say the temperature, but again, it's going to probably hit that benchmark of 50 degrees or less. Wow. Okay. So And you said, hold on a second. Yeah. How many minutes? Each time? No, no, it's 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 a, a total. cumulative total Got of it. Okay. between nine like, to twelve minutes or something. Okay. Okay. So you, in essence, bifurcating each session, okay. maybe three minutes, three times a week, Got four it. times Got a week, it. right? Um, and so what they found is you had something called brown fat activation. Brown fat. Yes. Okay, give it to so me. So you have white fat and you have brown fat. Yes. The difference between white fat and brown fat is location, geography of where that fat is. Yep. Um, brown fat. Um, you're born with brown fat. Baby is born with brown fat. And okay. the reason why it's born with brown fat, babies are born with brown fat, is because they can unswaddle in the middle of the night. And now all of a sudden, their body's exposed to the environment, right? Okay. And they have brown fat because what happens is this brown fat kicks in if their body gets cold and it acts like a furnace. Yeah. And it starts to burn metabolically, so it heats their body back up. But science has shown that actually as you get into, as you mature and you get older, you lose your brown fat. So we thought it was just a biologic. It was something that happened when you were young and then yeah. it would... It's gone, and when it's gone, it's gone. Huh. What she proved out is that you can actually you can actually get brown fat activation. No kidding. So what that basically means, and it was kind of this phantom thing for many years. I'd learned about it for a long time, but in essence, it repeated cold exposure increases the amount of brown fat. It surrounds your viscera, and it's in your upper back, yeah. right? Yeah. And and so what it does is, as um, as you increase your brown fat levels, um, it acts like a furnace, and it burns white fat. No kidding. So what you're going to see is people are using cold exposures to actually reduce the amount of fat they have. So actually get them to lose weight. 
So I'm going to guarantee that in the next five years, you're going to see places where you can actually go to do exactly what it is that I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. There's just going to be cold plunges and people will be sitting in cold plunges to actually lose weight because it increases your metabolism by up to 350%. Up to 350%. Yes. So is this because my cryotherapy place has something called, God, I don't remember what, cryo something fat freeze or yes. I don't remember the exact terminology yes. on it, but yes. they're freezing yes. fat cells. Yes. Is this the same thing? Uh, yeah. Without, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't want to throw anyone on the bus and I, don't, I love the cryotherapy yeah. movement because yeah. really it led us to the cold water, cold yeah. exposure yes. movement. And right. so I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. Um, so it gave this, it gave this uh, introduction to cold. Got people. it. Okay. And Got it became it. a sort of thing that people did. I'm going to tell you the research on cryotherapy because it's so the duration is so short. Yeah, it's more surface level. Yeah, and again, I don't want to throw them under the bus, and I, I don't want to sit here and tell you that the research is shoddy. Yeah. I just don't think that it's as studied as okay. as okay. as a deeper form of cold, which is yeah. cold immersion. Cold immersion. Yeah, okay. which is like water. Like water. Just so you know, there's a difference between air temperature and water temperature. So when you come into the cold plunge, it's 40, 41, yeah, 39, yeah, it's yeah, summer vacillates yeah. between there. Does it feel like that in the air temperature? Like if you were doing the same thing, air temperature, would it, would it, which one's colder, water or air? Water, 100%. Like you, you didn't even Because the air, the air is 90 below. Yes, so that's very interesting, right? Yes. And so so it, air temperature doesn't permeate as deep. Uh, See, it's it's thermogenic properties yep. of water that actually pull heat from you because every single portion of your tissue is exposed. Yep. And it's sucking the water, uh, the heat from you 25 times faster than air temperature. Wow. And so that's where, you know, the ice becomes, the ice plunge or cold plunge becomes this anti-inflammatory. We already know that. Um, that's almost boring to talk about. As an yeah. athlete, you understand the whole yeah. concept of yeah. anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Yeah. Vasoconstriction, vasodilation, right? So you got this vasoconstriction with cold anti-inflammatory. It helps out joints, helps muscles, recovery, all these kinds of things, right? So yep. that's really good. Um, but then but then you've got this then you've got this brown fat activation, which is huge. Give, yeah, give then me. you got this cardiovascular component where you get vasoconstriction. Your arteries become really small. When you go in the cold and your yep. peripheral tissues, your arms, your legs, your, 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 it's not your trunk because Ex that's where you get vasodilation. Explain that concept. I get it now because okay. you're the one who explained yeah. all that to me. Sure. But explain what happens when you get in the cold bath with blood circulation. Your Why do your extremities get cold? Yes. What happens? And why is there so much discomfort exactly. there? Because you have your arteries in your extremities, whether it's your hands, your arms, your legs, your feet. Yep. And inclusive of your head, by the way, just so you know, that's an extremity as well. You get vasoconstriction there. Your arteries become smaller. Yep. And what it's doing, your body's actually protecting, really, in essence, your core. Yep. So, so you've got, so in essence, it's calling all the warm blood to your core because that's where all the all the vital organs vital organs are. Yep. Your heart, your liver, your pancreas, your spleen, everything's situated there. So you've got a flood of warm blood to protect these. Yeah. It's like you know throwing a blanket over your child. Yeah. When things are cold, you're gonna right. take your shirt off, your jacket off, and actually yeah. protect the baby. Right. Yep. These are your babies, and so so you got a flood of warm blood in your trunk, and you got vasoconstriction. So there's dilation that happens in your in your trunk. And then vasoconstriction that happens in your extremities. Yep. Okay. And so, um, what it ends up being is super healthy event because your your arteries, your cardiovascular system wants to be flexible. It doesn't want to be strong. You don't right. want a strong cardiovascular system. Okay. If you have a strong heart, it's pathological. 
huh. it leads to something called congestive heart failure. So if you're if you're if your heart muscles become too thin, yeah, they 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 can't contract and expand as well. Okay. So you want you, you want a strong heart, but you want it to be flexible. Okay. You want it to be able to deal with high heart rates. This is heart rate variability, right? Yeah. Heart rate variability is really high heart rate to a really low heart rate. So it's the polarity. It's yeah. opposites. This is where all these technology gadgets are yeah. going. They want your heart rate variability to be really long, huh. long and, and, and wide. Um, and so the greater the variability, the better you are, right? We don't yeah. want short. Yep. Um, and so because you can, you can meet resistance better, right? Right. And so, so what we do is we do cold vasoconstriction yep. and then hot vasodilation yep. so it's like yoga for your cardiovascular system so it keeps huh. them expansive like what we want in our cardiovascular system is flexibility right we want pliability for them to be able to endure high levels really super high heart rates and really low heart rates and so they have to be expansive and small so mm -hmm. we want that 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 your arteries to be super flexible and so so in essence that's where the sauna comes in too right because yeah. it's ha high heart rate yeah yeah. Right, it's vasodilation to yep. your to to all those uh, all those things. So it's opposite of cold. So now all of a sudden you get you get you get dilation within your extremities, right? Yep. And you get an evacuation of heat here, because your vitals don't want to be overheated. They uh, want to cool down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And so so yeah, it's it, we we have to. So you got you've got the you've got the anti-inflammatory for the cold. You've got the uh, elasticity or pliability of your vascular system, yep. like a healthy, flexible vascular system. Yep. And then you've got the metabolism, right? So you've got brown fat activation, this, they, these mitochondrial engines, the brown, it's brown because it's, it's, it's rich, enriched with mitochondria. So the only difference between white fat and brown fat is brown fat has, is rich in mitochondria, which okay. gives it that beigey color. Yep. White fat is just straight adipose. Adipose. Just adipose. We want to burn that shit. Exactly. We want to get rid of that. And so you're telling me, so uh, frequent cold plunging, yes, nine to whatever minutes per week. Yes, nine to. You're going to increase your brown fat. Yes, hundred percent, no question about it. Not even it's not even up for discussion. Well, I mean, listen, everything's up for discussion. Yeah. At one point in time, the world was flat, but 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 I'm going to tell you, this, this is where the research is going. This yeah. is what they're showing out. How about this? We're proving undeniably that you can actually activate and reinvigorate this, these brown fat storage places. So are you confident in saying that if you do, if you do this on a regular basis, that you can potentially not only loot, like maintain a good weight or you can lose weight and burn fat. Yes. Just sitting in cold, just from sitting in cold. Yes. And it makes sense. Listen, it's, it's, it's twofold, right? Yeah. So on one hand, you got the, on one hand, you've got the brown fat activation that yep. warms that warms you back up. It burns once you get too cold. Yeah. Right. So it's actually going to actually turn on and rev those engines to warm you back up in the event that you get cold. Yep. But when you do get cold, you also get something called cold water thermogenesis, which is a shivering. Yeah. And the shivering, it's no different than you going to the gym. Yeah. So if you shiver, then you're contracting all these little muscles. Yep. And that metabolically is actually increasing the burn ratio. Right. Me so because uh, as yeah. you're activating those muscles. Metabolism. Shiver. Exactly. Yeah. Metabolism. So the shivering is, is actually becomes a very positive thing. So you got on one hand, you got brown fat activation. Then either you got cold water thermogenesis. Now, I don't want you to be shivering for two hours, but, yeah. but some that's your body's way of warming itself back up. Right. Those muscles are contracting to heat yourself. Yep. And so, so you've got the metabolism that you burn or the, the energy that you burn through this brown fat activation because yep. it's so rich in mitochondria. And then yep. you've got this shivering 
impact. Um, but but the big reason why I want people to do the cold is is for me the the, the area that I love is you're forced to be there. It's meditation. Yes. When yeah. you went into the cold the first time, if you were able to get out of your brain, which you had to, because you had was, to, you have to. You don't have a choice. If no. you try to outfitness it, you're not going to. Yeah. And so it's about cal staying calm, slowing your breath down, yep. and then all of a sudden you're just thinking about each and every single breath, slowing it down, relaxing your shoulders, relaxing your jaw, relaxing your eyes, just letting it go, surrendering. Yeah. It, it not all. This is not. It doesn't just become a metaphor for how you should live in your rest of your life. It becomes like how you should breathe right yeah. when things get go sideways right becoming the superhero yeah right um you you actually also get this this very very it's you're pushed into a meditation because you right. can't think of anything else you can't it's if impossible. you start opening your eyes and looking around and talking all of a sudden you start shaking then it's uncomfortable yeah but what you find and you see this at the end you're totally still Totally. Like you're not shaking at all. In fact, you're way colder when you first got in than you were when you get out, which that's is right. not physiologically possible, by the way. Yeah. But that's why I say it's 90% in your brain, 10% in your body. No kidding. The 90% becomes this resistance point, right? It sucks. This is uncomfortable. This is pain. When's this going to be over? If you start asking you these, asking yourself these questions, you're going to fight it. Yeah. And when you fight it, it's it's like trying to fight against the grizzly bear. It's not wise. Yeah. I'm from Canada, man. You play dead. Yeah. Play dead in the freaking cold. Yeah. And play dead during the course of your regular life when things go sideways, yeah. calm down. We always want to be around that person that's super calm under stressful situations. Yeah. It's your breath that takes you there. It's your breath. It's your breath, 100% time, 100% of the way. So in a way, our studio represents this place to be able to elevate your nervous system, get you into, again, that zone where you're completely meditative. And then also this training ground to be able to, 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 be, able to be super calm and dial your nervous system down when, you're, when normally, when you get into cold, how do you want to breathe? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's you're biological. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're not doing that. It's a choice. Yeah. Make the choice. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, you, the more you do it, the more you recognize and understand that you are in control. And that's why I love this practice is because it's allowing you to understand how to tap into your inner tools, be able to use the science and be able to explain the science of each and every single aspect of what we do, understand what's going on at a level of a cellular level, biologically. And, and neurochemically, all these things. Yeah. But but it, it creates it's it becomes this mental and physical gym, where where you you walk away and most importantly you're doing it with really cool people. Yeah. Like it's the coolest part about it is the community. Yeah. Every time I've gone there, I don't even know these people. But you know. But you know. Yes. Especially if you, you've been, yeah. So you, you know. did what you're doing. You know? what, what was it that you said? Those who struggle together. Yeah. Grow I mean, together. What was the? Yeah. The, so so the reality is is you know uh, oxytocin. Oh. And it's something, it's the love hormone. Ooh. And you hear Barry White playing in the background, right? Um, so oxytocin <laughs> is a cuddle hormone. That's what the scientists and researchers okay. say. When you see your kids, your wife, anyone yeah. you love, it's just like, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel so incredible. Like this oxytocin is being released. When a baby is, is, is sucking on the boob, okay? Yeah. Oxytocin is being released both ways. It's a bonding agent. Yeah. So it makes you committed to the, it makes the mother committed to the baby, the baby committed to the mother. Trust, right. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so we're always producing oxytocin and, and it makes us feel really good about the connection that we have with other people. That's why they call it the love chemistry. But it turns out that oxytocin is actually a stress hormone. Huh. And what that basically means, if you think about the biology of it, it makes perfect sense. You know, we associate this oxytocin with relationships uh, you know, people that we love or care about in this day and age because because everything's given to us. Like, it's life is easy. Yeah. And so, but, but two, three, four hundred years ago, life was a struggle. 
And you know this old adage, you know, it takes a village. Yeah, right. You needed your people, your village, your tribe to be able to survive as a solo person. Like yeah. you, you couldn't do it. You couldn't just one off it and do it yourself. Correct. No way. Very seldom would you be able to do that. So collectively, the tribe would get together and they had a job or a mission that everyone had to do something. And you accomplish these really large tasks for 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 the the greater good of the community and everyone had a job but you struggled to 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 go get a moose you struggled to go catch the fish or build the house or whatever it actually is yeah. and this very struggle was the thing that kept you galvanized together you see this now with sports teams yep. you see this now with with navy seals or whatever groups of people it's your community right yeah. but but it's the struggle why are you so close to your family because you've gone through the Struggles. mud yeah yeah the struggle is really what defines how connected you are and so in times of stress in times of hardship in times of 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 group calamity the people that you go through the war with war is another one right yeah um are the people that you're the closest to huh. and so it ends up being what keeps them together is this oxytocin yeah. it's a group effort and you struggle together, and it's this oxytocin that becomes this binding agent. So therefore, it's a it's a stress hormone. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so yeah, it's really cool. That's why again, we just have to we can't put this blanket on stress and say it's just all terrible. Right. We have to realize that this perceptive stress, we have to get over that. Yes. Okay. And be yeah. able to undo the thing. And right. I think we have solutions for that. Yeah. Because um, it's not real. And then, and then we have to have a di different relationship with stress. You talked about the breath holds. Normally holding your breath oh, is yeah. a stressful event. Yeah. Okay. And you were doing it on exhalation. So during exhalation. the 40s, exhalation, <sighs> and then holding your breath. No, that, most people, when they want to hold their breath for a long period of time, yeah. they'd go, they'd hold it in and then hold it in. So with these guys, so, what he's explaining here is when you're doing the breath, you do about 40 breaths, give or take, yep. and then you say hold, and we're actually holding it on the exhale. All right, so give it yes. to me. Give so me the normally, signs. if you did that now, if I said, "Okay, exhale, dump all your dump all the air out of your lungs, and then hold your breath," you couldn't hold your breath for very long. Yeah, not long. So, um, gets really uncomfortable fast. And so, normally, holding breath is a stressful event. You don't like it. People, yeah. you know, we associate with having contests with our friends, holding your breath under the water, yeah. doing all that stuff, and it becomes this taxing thing um, that we don't like. Well, this breath hold is actually the most relaxing portion of the. And you probably will oh, validate yeah. this. I it, love it. Like you love the breath hold, it feels good. Yeah. And the reason why is because the 40 breaths have fully oxygenated your body. Ironically enough, you get so oxygenated, you've kicked out all the CO2. CO2 is not a waste product, in fact. And I'll talk to you about fitness in just a second. Yeah, in give me. Yeah, I, I want. I want. Glad you mentioned that because I want you to get on that. It's, yeah, it's a huge. It's a huge deal yeah. um, from fitness, and that, that's that's where we're going as well. Yep. So so. Um, as we do the breathing, the amount of oxygen in your blood gets to 100% saturation. Yep. Like you can't take another molecule of oxygen. It's not yeah. possible. Right. And so once you get to 100%, you've kicked out all the CO2. And now this oxygen, because there's no CO2, it just goes around and around your cardiovascular and your blood. And it doesn't get absorbed by the tissues. Yep. And so, so when you exhale at the end and you hold your breath. Yeah. Um, CO2 ends up being really in essence the Uber driver that picks up or the taxi driver that picks up the picks the oxygen molecule off the hemoglobin. Yep. You need CO2 in order to get the oxygen from your vascular system, your arteries, your capillary beds into the tissues. Got it. So so it's called bore effect. Yeah. Okay. So as your body as you sit there when you're, as yep. you're holding your breath the co2 in your tissue starts to rise okay and as it does as it accumulates it goes and plucks the oxygen molecule off and allows that oxygen to go ah. from the blood into the tissues 
Okay. Because, because what's happened is we fully oxygenated your blood here, but now your tissues are hypoxic. Yeah. They're without oxygen because it can't go from the blood. It's the saturation levels too high. Yeah. It's hyperbaric chamber. Go look up the health benefits of hyperbaric yeah. chamber, which is pure oxygen. Right. It's an amazing study that just came out of Israel. Very, very uh, unbelievable in terms of longevity and stuff like that. It's really? Unbelievable. Uh, dude, it's crazy. Uh, I could go and I could go. You got to stop me because I'll go on tangents. Um, but bottom line, what you're doing. Because I want to. I'd love to I will go. That. I will go so deep. You have no idea. Um, it, but but I'm kind of going. I'm kind of <laughs> going deep here. Anyways, yeah. it's the same sort of principle. Yeah, yeah. What happens is when you whether you have 100% oxygen permeation as yep. a result of breath, or it's being pumped into you, you've you don't have any CO2 in the in the in the blood. Okay. And so what happens is the amount of CO2 that you're at, that's in the blood is is negligible. Yeah. And so you have CO2 in your tissue. So the amount of the amount of oxygen that's going from the blood into the tissues is actually low when you're doing your breathing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but as, when you stop breathing, the CO2 starts to build up in the tissues and goes and actually takes that, the oxygen from the blood and goes into the tissue. So you're actually breathing without breath. Wow. And so this is really cool now because you have a hypoxic event during the breathing. Yeah. And then you have... And then for a period of time during that initial portion of your breath hold, you're super comfortable. You're just kind of chilling and you're going, yeah. man, I don't, I don't feel like I need to breathe. This is unbelievable. Yeah. And then, and then eventually you get to a place where you go, crap, I got to breathe. Well, just so you know, whenever you feel like you're out of breath, yeah. whether it's an exercise or a breath hold or whatever it is that you're doing, um, it's never because of oxygen. Huh. Your body is not picking up. Oxygen has nothing to do yeah. with the sensation or the urge to breathe. So when you feel like you're out of breath, it's yeah. actually... It's, it's CO2. CO2 is what gives you a rise of CO2, gives you the sensation or the urge to breathe. Now, I want you to think about how this, how this works out in terms of your overall fitness. Right. Like if I told you that you could keep running, keep going, yeah. you could go faster, farther, harder if, if you had a better relationship with CO2, yeah. this would be a game changer. Totally. In terms of your ability to be able to perform. Yep. Because the thing that stops you dead in your tracks is you feel like you're out of breath. Right. But you're not, not out of oxygen. You're just you're 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 sensitive to the CO2. So what we do during the breath hold is we get you, we 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 want to get you um, more comfortable with your relationship with CO2, which is sensed by something in your brain called a chemoreceptor. Yeah. The chemoreceptor on most people is very, very tight and rigid, small. We want it to get it large and flexible. And so you don't sense CO2 in, in, in the way. And this is what I think getting in shape is. Yeah. So just so you know, it, uh, breath holds, intentional breath holds, uh, intermittent breath holds that are intentional, um, just won a Nobel Prize in terms of their health benefits back in 2019. Wow. Yeah. So what, what they found is that if you starve your body of oxygen for finite periods of time, like that are intentional. Yeah then what you do is every single cell in your body has a hypoxic inducible factor, HIF they call it. Yep. And so every cell senses this low level of oxygen and, and it throws off growth factors that causes something called uh, neural and respiratory plasticity, which means your respiratory system grows yep. and your neural system goes, your nerves grow. So it becomes these growth factors. So when you starve your your body and your brain of oxygen, it actually grows. The metaphor that I like using, which I think you remember, yeah. is is the two trees, right? I have one tree on my yard here, the other tree on my yard here. This one here, I water, they're fruit trees. I water this one on the trunk. I water this one 50 feet away. 
Like if I come back three years later, which tree is going to be larger and bear more fruit? Well, we conventional wisdom would tell you it'd be the one on right. the trunk, right? Yep, yep, yep. And it, it, it's true. Yeah. In the first two years, it does grow. Yeah. The other one looks like it's almost dead, but it's not. No kidding. What's happening is when you water the one on the trunk, you're watering it and the tree is growing, but the roots aren't growing uh, at all because it doesn't have to struggle. The ones that are getting watered 50 feet away, yeah, like have the, all the growth taking place underneath. And so the root system is growing because it has to go towards the water. Yeah. And as a result of this, the roots extend out, expand out. And then I say three years because, because initially that tree doesn't grow very much in the first two years above yeah. ground. But then yeah. that third year, all of a sudden the tree's larger and bearing more fruit because the root system is so much more expansive. This one here is just a root ball. The root right. didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Why would it go somewhere yeah. when it's, there's didn't no have to source? Go anywhere. Didn't have to go anywhere. Why? Yeah. It's, the, it's on the couch. Yeah eating Cheetos, watching yeah. really crappy reality TV, yeah. right? It doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. And so you're only as strong as the stress that you put on your body. And we, again, have to look at, at, at these events of, of exercise, all being stressors that are good stressors. Yep. You're pushing yourself to the max. And as a result, you expand and grow. Look at you, for instance. You can tell that I don't lift weights, right? dadbody.com yeah. you clearly have stressed your muscles that's yep. how they got bigger yep you put weight on you didn't right. do it by doing calisthenics right you didn't do it by getting doing yoga no. you got as large as you did by stressing your body yep lifting weights is a stressful event yep. good stress right yeah. you got stronger as a result of it yep. i get stronger i do the ultra marathon things i get stronger cardiovascularly because i'm hypoxic you're hypoxic with the muscles that's failure fatigue yeah, yeah. okay yep. you're getting hypoxic lifting i'm getting hypoxic by running Okay, yeah. they're yeah. just different types of hypoxia. I That's mean, right. they're not the different types, they're different ways or, yeah. or channels to become hypoxic. Getting into shape, what the hell does that mean? Getting yeah. into shape basically means your body has habituated the behavior. You've gotten a better relationship with what it is that you're doing. You've got, uh, you've got acclimatized, your, your system has gotten acclimatized to what it is that you've put, the stress you've put it under. Yep. And it's growing as a result of it. This is what getting in shape is. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so yeah, yeah. you see this with lifting weights all the time. Yep. I mean, if you take a month off, you not only deflate, but it's harder to lift those weights, but then you can get back on the rack and actually put that weight back on pretty quickly because yep. your body's been there. Yep. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so yeah, this is, this is a huge portion that people have to recognize and understand. And so, uh, going back to the, uh, okay. Now oh, this is so good, dude. <laughs> this is, this is talk about, I mean, <sighs> This information, bro, I'm telling you, I'm hoping everybody's, they, they got to be on the edge of the seat for this one. Well, it has to get out there, right? I mean, it's the, got the, to. The, the big challenge, for, the big challenge with all this stuff is that people, yeah, well, listen, we're following the wrong people. We're, we're again, we're listening to old information. The new information out there is, is, is matter of fact. It's, yeah. again, we're talking high levels of science here. We're not talking about a natural health care journal. We're talking about something that's really, really, uh, the complexities are, 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 are simplistic. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to overthink stuff and we don't have to overthink it. We just have to be animals again. Yeah. Right. And we have to struggle and we have to reel and rest within the struggle and realize that every struggle that you face leads to a measure of confidence. Cause if you get through, even if you fail, yeah. it's a success. Yeah. There's no such thing as failing. Right. Because if you don't fail, you can't have confidence because if, if you, if you make it every single time, yeah. then it's not hard enough. No. Do something every single day that scares you. Yeah. You have to lean into life. We have to understand we have to push our bodies. We have to push our minds to do bigger, better, greater things. 
And we have to challenge ourselves yeah. because that, in essence, every rung that you climb up becomes a higher measure of confidence, which gives you this ability to be able to take yourself to a place that you thought you never could go. So confidence is, is, is really just a byproduct of action. Yeah. Like doing stuff that you don't think you can do. Don't do stuff you can do. What the hell would you do that for? Yeah. Do stuff that's challenging that you don't think you can do. Work your way up to the place of taking yourself to a spot where you never thought you could go. And then guess what you're going to do? Go freaking further. Go further. So, so, so this is the only separation between the people that we look up to. We put them on this pedestal. Yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah. They're not special. No. The only thing that makes them special is they did. And so each and every single person out there, I guarantee you, has the capacity and the ability to do anything they want if they understand it's all within them. Yeah. And you have to stop listening to this negative dialogue and negative chatter. It's insane because yeah. it's not it's not a real story. It's a no. false narrative. Yeah. Stop freaking telling the story. Put down your crap and do it. Yeah. Don't question it. Don't say, oh, I shouldn't. I, but, yeah. if, you, if, you're, if you want to get old, just act old. Yeah. And by the way, just so you know, yeah. this whole 50 thing off yeah. the cliff, right? Yeah. Why did the lung capacity drop down when they hit 50? Because they stopped acting and doing the right. same things they did when they were 20. They ah. just sit on the freaking couch and put on their Al Bundy jersey and say, when I was 25, I used to do, oh man, uh, you should have said, oh, I got bad knees now. You got bad knees because you don't do crap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. It's a feeble excuse. And if you want to live that life, then have it. If you like the knee pain, if you like all these things, then yes. don't do anything. If you want to get old, get old. Yeah. It's a choice. Make a choice. But don't blame, okay, age yep. on yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because I can tell you, listen, I have been my, I've had my butt kicked by a 65-year-old woman on a 100-mile race, one of the 100, one of the worst hundreds on, in, on, in the United States. 24,000 feet of elevation gain. New Jersey she was from. Oh my God. Guess what? She passed me at mile 77, and she's wearing Crocs. Okay, on a trail me? that you can't even imagine. Okay, I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes, and she's going, "Hey, sunshine." Okay, so humility, ego. Okay, went out the door for me. That she became one of the most influential people in my life because that was when I was in my early 40s. Okay, and I realized that any of this dogma or belief systems that I have in my brain in terms of what life is going to look like when I get older, I just go back to her. I wish I remembered her name. She ran freaking a hundred mile race. <laughs> One of the toughest, 24,000 feet of elevation wow. on really tough trails, 30 hours straight, okay? And she beat me in Crocs, okay? In Crocs. And I'm proud to say it. Yes, it was nuts. I can't even believe it. Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. So it's a choice. It's a choice, dude. It's a choice. So, so everybody listening, everybody watching. Yeah. Make the decision. And stick with it. Like if you, if you're, if you, if you want to be a victim, then be a victim. <sighs> There's some people that have, listen, I also... I, another thing that actually sticks in my mind in terms of the choice, right? This choice. How much long can we keep firing? Five? Five? Okay, okay. five minutes. So check this out. I had I had a guy, I was running on a trail, <laughs> really, really tough trail, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's like a mile pretty much straight up. And it's rocky and it's miserable and I run it in the dead of heat. I always run when it's hot. I always exercise. And by the way, that's really, really another beautiful level yeah. of stress. If you're exercising, exercise in heat. It's By the tough. way, because of you, I've, I've been doing four to five saunas, uh, three to four saunas a week right now. Oh, yeah. You don't even want to do that. The science on that is crazy. It's outstanding, right? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll explain Sum it real it up. quick. Sum it up. Go okay, ahead. I'll, go, I'll go. do it quickly. Um, sauna, heat. It's not even sauna. It's just heat in general. Okay. So everyone says sauna, but it's really just this heat index. Okay. You have to do stuff. 
if you wanted to do the next level of fitness or you want to, you know, sauna is a way where you can sit and actually do something at egregious heats. Yes. Um, but, but heat plays a massive role in terms of health. Um, Finland, yep. why did, why did, yep. why did Finland have all the sauna studies? Because they have more saunas there than people. Okay. So it's easy to study. Yes. Yeah. They did a study, um, with, uh, I think it was like 4,000 men between 45 and 65. Um, they had one group of people, one group of men, um, that did it one time a week. The other group of men that did it between four and seven times a week. Okay. Here's what they found out after 22 years of doing the same 22 study. years, 22 years, longitudinal study. Awesome study. Okay. 22 years. They found that there was a 52% reduction in cardiovascular deaths. For, which was, number, which number on four to seven, four you to seven, four to seven versus one time per week. Verse so one did sauna four to seven times okay. a week. There was a 52% reduction in cardiovascular deaths. There's a 40% reduction in all cause mortality. That's death of any kind. doesn't matter what it is. Okay. You got a 67% reduction in Alzheimer's and a 68% reduction in dementia, 60% reduction in stroke. If that was a pill, yeah. just so you know, yeah. that would be a, like the, the, the valuation of that would be crazy. <sighs> like it would be like a fang stock. Right? Wow. It's just, it, that would, that would be its own pharmaceutical company like hundred percent. Yeah, okay? no doubt. So, and by the way, that's comparing those that go to the sauna four to seven times a week yeah. versus those that sauna one time a week. What right. happens if you compared it to a four to seven to zero? Yeah. What the numbers? Oh beat? my God. It's crazy. Way to the roof. Let's talk about the cold for a second. Just so you know, I call it a chill pill. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a mental gym. I think it's this, this exercise to be able to undo, you know, what we perceive to be stresses, uh, and to be able to have a better relationship, your breath, being able to control your nervous system, but also recognize that, that, that what's happening in the cold is you get this rise of norepinephrine 530%, this dopamine 250%. Yeah. Just so you know, every anti-anxiety, every antidepressant medication, every anti-ADHD medication, yes. they're all norogenic and dopamine reuptake inhibitors which prevent, which in essence, the pill prevents your body from reuptaking all of these chemistries. Okay. Okay. Yep. And so, so, so it has the same biologic impact that one of these pills do. And so, so again, what I'm saying, whether it's the hot, whether it's the cold, whether it's the breathing, you have, you are a pharmacy. Yeah. So freaking get busy, become the pharmacist, yep. start getting out that little metal thing, dispense yourself that, but it's going to take more work than popping a pill and freaking chugging it with a glass of beer or a, a glass of Which wine. Which is what the majority of people are doing. Yeah, dude, because they, they haven't been told. They haven't been That's told. It. Yeah, and, and, and you can call it conspiracy. We can call it whatever you want. The reality is, is we have to understand that we have, without question, it's not deniable anymore through science. We have the capacity to be not just healthier, happier, and stronger no question. Yeah. But we have to do the work. You yep. have to put in the work. You didn't get your size without yeah. putting in the work. Right. You don't make a good living unless you put in the work. You don't become a good dad or a husband or anything without putting in the work. A friend, whatever it is, you have to put the freaking work in to get the reward. Understand that your body becomes this temple, which you can tap into. You've got all your inner tools. This, all this lifestyle that we've been living, yeah. this is new, dude. Yeah. To human, to mankind. Yeah. Let's be honest. In the last hundred years, prior to hundred years, they were doing trepidation for mental illness. They right. were punching a hole in the head, in your head saying that let the evil spirits out. No. Okay. That's what, that's in the name of medical science. Yeah. Medicine is brand new and we're going in a really cool direction. Right. Yeah. But, but the reality is, is we're also going in a bad direction. Right. And we can't, we can't get crippled and, 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 and someone take away our, our, our weapons that we have inside us yeah. to make us better. And the biggest weapon is your brain. Yes. Okay. Biggest weapon is the brain. hundred percent. Confidence. Confidence. Do hard things. Do Challenge hard yourself. things. Challenge yourself. 
don't just don't sit around. If you sit around, okay, no greatness was ever made there. God. Warm and cozy is, Come is on. great, okay? But you can't stay warm and cozy your entire life. You're no. not going to get confidence. This is the reason why trust fund babies always flounder. Yes. Because they have everything, but they have nothing. You sit around, pop pills, do nothing. What's going to happen? If everything's given to you, say how flat do you, out. Yes, how you're going to die early. Yes, for sure. And yeah. but 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 also keep in mind if everything is given to you, if you have everything, yeah, what are you chasing? Yeah, it's the journey. It's not the destination. The car, the house is all this shit that yeah. you you earn. You think it's going to make you happy, but it doesn't end up making you happy at all. No. What ends up making you happy is the the journey that you went on to get the process, the, the stress. Work. It's the process. It's the stress, the resistance that you actually resistance. overcame to be able to get the hormetic was a hormetic hormetic stress. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Huh? What's up? Did you get okay. something out of that? That was good, dude. Is that okay? We could keep firing. We could keep firing. And I want to keep firing, but shit. he's not letting me. We're done. <laughs> we're done. He's, he's like, we're done. Uh, real deal talk. Tyler okay. Forbes. You got to cut me Go up, to Breathe man. Degrees. Breathe Degrees. Come and check get it out, Get in there, guys. dude. I'm Some actually now, stuff. I'm inspired. I'm going to get the cold plunge from my house now. I'm going to go back and forth between the sauna and that. You got to crush it every single day, though. I'm every day. You. Wake up in the morning and do it. Uh, <laughs> or night. Uh, are you doing it every morning right now? Yeah. You are. I do. Every single morning. Yeah, I go in with I go in with my, my people when I when I have a smaller group. Yeah. I go in with them. You know, if I got a bunch of vets and I don't have any yeah. new people, I go yeah. in with them. But yeah, I do it at my house. <sighs> I do it a couple times a day. Beautiful. Perfect. All right, he's waving us. He's like, that's it. Uh, cut him off. Dude. Get the hook. Phenomenal. Bam. Two hours of practical uh, right? If you're not motivated to do something after that, you might check your pulse or just tune in <laughs> or to tune into another podcast. Uh, Dude, I love you. All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate you coming me, in. Brother.